Right. Um, right, then in that case, we best get going, aren't we? Yes. Seeing as, seeing as Ginny's not bothering turning up tonight. Because he's got more important things to do. God, he didn't come to bloody rest for all of it because he had more important stuff. I guess he's got it's more It's almost still having a paid job is important to him. I know. What's all that about running your own company and all that malarkey? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just me and you, Duke, oh, tonight, isn't it? Now, can I just check? You've been to the toilet for a piss before we start, haven't you? Worst day of my life. It's already yeah. been the worst day of my life. Why is it the worst day of your life? Because I'm supposed to be grading papers, and I can't do that if I have to listen to you talk. I need Chinny here to take the blow. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, right? You should be sorry making me talk. Yeah, like, it's, like it's my fault. It is your fault. It's not. It is. <laughs> Oh, I how is that possibly my fault? How is that my Should fault? Should I record a backup? Uh, you can do if you like, yeah. Just uh, just uh, on the safe side. It should be fine, though. Uh, Say something. Be fine. Say something. Hang on, let me check and make sure. Say something, I'm giving up on you. All right, we're good. Are we ready? Yes, of course we're ready. We're always ready. Virtual pizza. People of Earth. How are you? Mark, the pizza place screwed up again. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I don't think so. Winner, winner, sheen dinner. Do you want me to order a pizza? Oh, good for you. Now it's the best part. I called the pizza dude. All right. Actually, I'd like to touch. Hello and welcome to Virtual Pizza. I'm Phil Olson. We're devouring the digital world one slice at a time. Do you know what? I've got to say, though, I think that is one of my favorite intros to any of the podcasts that I listen to. It's a good intro. It is a good It's It's very professional. That's what I always think when I listen to it. I think he changed it, so I'm using the old one because I like the old one even better, but whatever. Yeah, it's slick, though, isn't it? It's very slick. Yeah, I got I've got to say, the radio to play. Everything about virtual pizza is slick. Yeah, I got something from the radio to play. Let's hear All right, a go. reading from your interview with Stuart. This is one of the Oxford respondents. Ah, they said st- ah, Stuart there you names, go, so I went ahead and... I didn't know I'd interviewed someone from Oxford. What's all that about? That's from- did, you, did you see the boat race today? What? The boat race. It was the, the boat race. You, in, uh, you know, well, I saw the boat race that happened. Well, it- it was Oxford versus Cambridge. Oh, I'm all over Oxford versus Cambridge. We're still in mourning here in Wisconsin. No, but I'm only asking because, like, nearly all of the crew's Americans. So I thought, you know, going to get that, and he'll laugh and appreciate it, and Stu wouldn't even pay attention. Go ahead. What? About a boat race? It was, it was the Oxford versus Cambridge boat race That's in very the UK. Yeah, but, but they're all American who, who kind of row Neely. Yeah, huh? There's like a couple of token Brits, you know what I mean? And half of them, I'm not being funny, right? You know, you know when you used to watch Dawson's Creek? Because we've been watching that lately with Millie because she wanted to watch it. Dawson's yeah. Creek. Well, no, but right. They were all about 25, weren't they, and pretending to be school kids. Yes, just like Beverly Hills 90210 before them and probably some show in the 80s before them. Well, the boat race is kind of like that because I'm not kidding you. Today, one of the guys rowing looked like he was about 40. Yeah. I'm like, how can he still be at Cambridge University? 
Well, you know, and, and students over traditional age, sodas, that happens. Well, no. Quip, but, one of them, but one of them had been in the team since 1998. Well, how the hell can you be that long at university? Yeah. What the hell is he doing? I don't know anything about boat races. Why are you asking me? I don't know. You know what I know about? Grading papers. Attention, listeners. If it sounds like I'm not paying attention, it's because I'm grading these papers. I've got like 700 papers left to grade before tomorrow afternoon, and I got a lot of papers to grade. Also, I hate you. But unfortunately, you're going to have to pay attention because, as we said earlier, Chini's not here. So I'm going to have to what? Pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Very funny. Chini's not here. What a loser. I know. And as in the past where, you know, he's kind of joined us a bit into the show. Not today. Uh, that's kind of, yeah, that kind of isn't, isn't happening either because he's apparently I've filming. i get interrupted by stupid sound effects. He's got more important stuff to do. Oh, yeah, job. Yeah, he sacrificed his position on the Overseas Connection. He might sacrifice his position on this sucker. I know. It's making me wonder. What a loser. It's making me wonder, man. I'm worrying. I'm worrying a bit. This guy's an idiot. Anyway, I never mentioned, but it is show 221. That's where we're up. See, this is what this is what chaffed my chops because 220 was without me. But it was. But my classroom in the old high school was room 220. And now that I'm at the new high school, I'm on the third floor. Guess what room I'm in? What room are you in? Three 220. Uh... My goodness. Got to be something that means something, sure. Number 220 is like my number, and I was not here for episode 220. What's up with that? I know, but but do you know what? Chini was only just here as well, to be fair. What do you mean he was only just here? Well, to be fair, he only made it to like three hours of, of red. He was on the podcast. Well, he was on the podcast. He played but, a know. lot of games. He said there wasn't that many games to play anyway. Yeah, no, the kind, there was, but not many mainstream games. Well, you know how much he likes non-mainstream games. I know, I know. But Broforce was very good. It sounds pretty good. It was good. He's very good. And I'd also like to go ahead and shout out the people who made that awesome video. I know, yeah. The Indian waiter and the disabled parking sign. Yeah, we, we didn't know any of those people. Bongo was just getting so, a bit excited. Yeah, I recognize on. Chris because he said, hi, I'm Chris. I obviously know John Mouse. I don't know if I recognize anybody else in that video. I know. And do you know what? I've just, re- Who else I've just realized. I would know. I've just realized I had a very special message for you, and I've not taken it off my device. Well, that's you, what you always do. You may, you film things. You record you playing games. Yeah. You never do anything. I know. So, you I know, know what? I, know. I don't even believe you now. I don't think you made <laughs> well, any have videos to, on your device. You'll have thing. to. You'll have to. You'll have to wait till next week. Yeah, next week you'll make it happen. No, you'll get it next week. Don't worry, worry, but it's it's kind of special. It's going to be good. I think you're going to be excited when you hear what it is. I believe you. It's not, I've got to say. It's very nice. It's not as cool as what Bongo did, but he's still kind of cool. Nobody is ever as cool as Bongo. I know, that's funny. I thought John in the toilet was a stroke of genius. A <laughs> stroke of genius. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how have you been? Have you had a good week? I've had a busy week, as you know, if you listen to the didactic syncast. Because I've listened to some of it, not all well, of it. Well, it's awesome, all of it. But it was, <laughs> it was spring <laughs> break, so it was great. And I did take spring some time break. to relax. But it was also very busy because I had... The meeting with the representative of Congress. I had the um, 
presentation I had to give in that class. I worked on the primer video. I recorded a sing cast. I did the Skyrim uh, episode. Uh, and and now I've been grading papers for the last like four days straight. So, yes, it's been nice, but it's also been kind of hectic. I need a break from my break. Ha! Well, I've got to say, the uh, Skyrim episode, I've listened to nearly all of that. But it's got spoilers. Well, I don't care. Who cares about the story in Skyrim, really? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about that. Why would you give a shit about the story in Skyrim? It's about as flimsy as like a paper bag, isn't it, really? It's not as good That's as been dipped in water. Definition. Oh, get away with you. There's way more of a story in Deadly Premonition than bloody Skyrim would ever love to have story. in it. It's not a good, it's a good story. There are good stories in Skyrim. The main... It might be a dumb game, but it's a good story. Whatever. You don't even know anything. Anyway. Right, I don't you know. know. Let's move on. But I have, I have set something new up on the Facebook <gasps> page, which kind of hasn't worked so far. I was hoping we'd have at least one You're for You're not going to instantly get everybody to do what you want. I know, I know, but I thought at least one person would do one. One person did do one. Well, they did, but it was you. <laughs> play it. I can go on and play it. I haven't got it. You, you, I have it. Link. What are you talking about? I sent, I've emailed the link to oh, you. Oh, sweet. Hang on a second, everybody. Let me pull it up on the old email. Do you know, did, did, did yeah, we'll look at your email? Early. I guess it's time for email already. Oh, email! Go ahead, introduce what this oh, is. That rule. So basically, I found a add-on that I'd heard about from somewhere else called SpeakPipe. And basically, what it allows you to do, and I've actually got a widget that you can put on the website as well, so I'll sort, try and sort that out after. Speak. Um, yeah, SpeakPipe. So basically, it's just a way of leaving voicemails, and you can do it either via the Facebook page, or you can do it via your tablet or your phone. And pretty much from any device. Now, difference is, if it's on your tablet or your phone, you have to download the app first. So well, there's an app. message speak. that I left on Facebook for veteran gamers. Yeah, let's have a listen. Hey, how do you say there, jerky? This is Duke talking on the Facebook. And how do you say, yeah, huh? Brilliant. So <laughs> you, awesome. So you can leave literally 90 seconds is the maximum. So it's a bit like I don't to keep going for 90 seconds. 90 seconds. I stopped myself way too short. 90 seconds in speaking time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, come on, people. Get on the page. Send us your messages, questions, comments, whatever you like, and we'll play them on the show. I guess that's what we'll do. Yeah. So there you go. And I can download them afterwards so we can download them as files and organize them. We could do a- uh, so, yeah. Get on, get on the speak pipe. Give yeah, us, get give on us your views. Pipe. Speak pipe, man. Speak good pipe stuff. It up. And it's right at the top of the page speak. next to photos, speak. so you can't miss it. Speaking to the pipe, beetle boop. Speaking to the pipe. I am a robot. So, yeah, I've been, mean, I've been meaning to set it up for a few weeks, and I keep forgetting about it. And then today I thought, oh, thing. I'm going to set yeah, it up. because we have all these awesome results now. Like this I know, exactly. Right today. Hey, how do you say there, jerky? Brilliant. Great <laughs> sound. That soothes people. I hope someone's going to sleep trying to listen to this. <laughs> I'll tell you, well, so far, all we've done is argue with each other. So no, we haven't. Have what are you talking about? We've been doing a lot of yes, we podcasting. Have. Just bloody arguing with me all the time. <laughs> anyway, I was, I was a bit excited today. Got to say Why is that? Day. Because I, I've kind of purchase my birthday present my today. favorite time it's story 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 time that's right 
Um, yes, I've I've purchased my birthday present today. Why did you? I'm not just a birthday present. I thought other people were supposed to get you presents. I know. I'm always doing this. I buy my own. And I give it <laughs> Here's what I want for my birthday. Here you go, and then I give it to it to wrap. <laughs> That's so weird. It is weird, but no, it was because I wanted some new roller skates. That's all. <laughs> you couldn't even <laughs> say like, "How about get me some new roller skates?" You don't trust your wife to do that. Well, as if she could get me what I want. She's no idea about roller skates. I end up with some of those. You strapped to the bottoms of your shoes, and it's got like a wing nut See, so they can. Listen, I'd love to talk to your wife about them. Mawa. And like, find out Mawa. what she thinks about all this. Because you're probably like, you'd get me the wrong one. She's like, these are exactly the ones I was going to get him. You're, no, you're she just a control freak, that's all. No, she wouldn't, because the ones I've got are a limited edition skate. Ooh, limited edition. They are, they are. So basically, they're, they're a Supreme Turbo Bravo. What? Right, Turbo? Is... What? Turbo? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. four wheels on the bottom of a shoe! How sophisticated sure. do you need to get? Oh, these are sophisticated, but they're a, they're a direct copy of a Bauer Turbo Bravo from back in the 80s. So they're, they're a so sort they're, of limited edition. Turbo high-tech roller skates. They're a limited edition blue and gray. So, so they're a limited edition color. So they're cool. They're very cool. Retro vintage high-tech roller skates. Exactly. And I bought oh, some wheels first, to go with man. I bought some cooler wave wheels and some Abec 9 bearings. I mean, don't get me wrong. I spend money on weird things too, I suppose. I bought a 600-page... Why, why is a pair of roller skates weird? It's not weird that you get roller skates. It's weird that you pay extra for vintage, high-tech, retro, limited edition roller skates. Yeah, but they're cool, though. They're cool. I'm not denying that because I haven't seen them, so I don't know, but they're probably not. Although I did show my wife and she said they were a bit girly. Ah! I was like, what do you mean the girly? Yeah, man, you, can, girly. you can buck the patriarchy, man. You, you, there's no such thing as girly or masculine roller skates. It's just roller skates. Uh, exactly. Here. In fact, right, I'll tell you what, right? I'm going to show question. you. Hang on a second. I do have a question about it, though. Uh, right, go on, go on. When you buy these roller skates, do they come with a matching purse? <laughs> no, they don't. Just... But you know, what's, what, you know what's even weirder, though? They don't even come with wheels. So I've got to buy the wheels separately. Uh-huh. So I'll wait, show. Wait, right, wait, I'll, wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Wait, 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 wait. I've got to buy the wheels separately. They don't even come with the wheels. Are you kidding me? Nope. Right, I'll tell you what. Right. You said, "Oh, if you bought a car without an engine, you'd get mad." Yeah, yeah, but you get to choose your own wheels. Oh, don't for God's sake! Right. Well, what else? What I'm going to show you here? Right. To be here, I can't concentrate on grading papers and expressing my utter disbelief at the degree to which. Are you sending me a picture of these roller skates? Well, no, no. This, this is a picture of the original one. So this is what they're based on. Okay. So they're the original ones. Okay. Okay, listeners, since you can't see what I'm seeing, I will describe it to you. It's okay. Imagine some roller skates, and that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, but what? What they look like? Roller skates. They're blue and white. No, the blue and gray with oh, white wheels. God, are you kidding me? You're gonna right now, but these... blue and white and blue and gray. But, but these are the new versions, oh, so these are the ones I'm getting. On a scale of one to ten, how different do you expect they're gonna be, listeners? Well, the whole point is that they hopefully look nearly the same. They're a lighter blue. It's a lighter blue. That's exactly what I was about to say. And, so there you and go. Do I even want to know how much these cost? They were they were quite expensive. Give me a ballpark. Uh, if the, if it was in dollars, I just for the skate conversion in my head, I know just in the boot, just for the boot alone, without any wheels on, uh, they're about one hundred and forty dollars, I guess. You ever see the movie Last Boy Scout? 
Yeah, yeah. You remember that part time. where uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans is talking to Bruce Willis about his pants, and he's like, "These are two hundred dollar pants." And Bruce Willis goes, "Seriously, two hundred dollars? They don't have like a TV in them or something?" Nah, but they're that's, cool, man. That's what cool. I'm thinking about your roller skates. So, that's so wheels. That's about wheels. The wheels and bearings I've got from them are probably add another seventy five, eighty dollars. Paid two hundred dollars for a pair of roller skates. Oh, at least two hundred dollars, maybe a bit more. I guess we're never allowed to make fun of anyone else for maybe anything. About- Possibly about two hundred and twenty-five dollars. I guess. Believable. <laughs> They're good though. They're good. They last forever. You could get roller skates that are every bit as good. They just not no edition, high tech, retro, no, vintage you for half. The you price. couldn't. No. no, you couldn't. Sure, you could. No, honestly, you could. You went seeking these out. Yeah. No, I pre-ordered them. Actually. Pre-ordered them. Yep. Because a limited edition again. So these are limited editions. So you know, there's not. They're not making that many of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you've got to get it in, haven't you? What's the matter with you? <sighs> anyway, we should talk about some video games. Yes, let's talk about some video games. See, you see, you're just dissing my cool skates. That I'm not dissing the skates themselves. They look fine. They look like roller skates. I'm dissing the, the, the amount you're willing to pay for a pair of roller skates. That's, that's fairly... Anyway. Let's begin playing. That's the Duchess. That at the end there, the right. Duchess. And yeah. shout-outs to CPM's family for doing the first part of that. That's right. Um, well, I, I've been playing a really uh, modern, new, up-to-date game. That sounds like irony, that is. It kind of is, because I've been playing Dead Space. Yeah! Why, are you being, why are you going back to Dead Space? Because it was free on Origin. Ooh. So I was like, you are you playing on Origin? Nobody plays on Origin. Be- no, only only because I got uh, Battlefield Three uh, when it was cheap in the sale. Battlefield and then, Three. <laughs> and, uh, it's the only way. Two hundred fifty dollars on roller skates. You bought a PS4 and you're playing Dead Space and Battlefield Three because they're cheap and free on. Or no, I got no, I got Battlefield Three ages ago. <laughs> so that bought that ages ago when it was in a sale. And one. you probably have played it no. for ten minutes. Oh yeah, I didn't play it for very long. But the funniest thing about it was I hadn't. No, but listen, listen. There's more to it. I hadn't kind of realized that you had to have freaking Origin to play it, did I? So it was just like hey, Origins. Well, I know now. Well, good. It doesn't. Good. To be fair, it's not that. What? It's not that much different to to Steam, to be honest. But it's, it's separate and therefore stupid. It's <laughs> separate and therefore stupid. Yes, there's no reason for them to do it other than. I mean, look. Does EA think they're going to become the next Steam? If so, they're delusional and stupid. If they don't think they're going to become the next team, then why are they doing this whole origin thing? It's just stupid. Either way, it's I stupid. don't know. I don't know why. I'm assuming you get a bigger cult of the sales. Oh, sure. Zero. But that's greedy and stupid. Okay. If you say so. I mean, imagine if every developer did that. I know. I know. Look, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just playing it on there. Anyway, Dead Space was free, so I thought, what the heck? Might as well get it. F-R-E-M. Free. No charge. Exactly, and I've got to say, do you know what? That game still is very good. Well, of course, it's a good game. Good games don't become still not good. good games over time. Yeah, I know, but time has passed since this came out. So you're, so you're oh, it doesn't look as good as you'd like it to look. Uh, do you know what? It's kind of interesting. You're right. Some bits do and some bits don't. What I've, what I've really noticed is that, you know, the main difference between this and more modern games is, is a lot of the textures are really flat. Yeah. Well, you know, like... 
when you're walking around the ship, you, it, it looks like someone's just painted them on. You know, it's just a flat texture. You know, something that should stick out 3D wise. You know, if it's like a knob on a, a wall, or, you know, <laughs> knob on a wall, Why knob on a wall, dead space. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, like some sort of wall. Yes, like a switch or a vent. It looked. Yeah, and they're kind of almost a bit pixely. Yes. You know, kind of almost a bit. So I was a bit like surprised at that. You know, but. It still plays really well. And to be honest, I, I'm about sort of an hour and a half into it again. Yeah. And it's it's kind of gone really quick. And I got to the point where I was like, I had to stop myself from carrying on playing it. Really? Why'd you have to stop? Yeah. Uh, because I wanted to get back into South Park. Uh-huh. I want to you know, try and get that finished off. Um. So, yeah, I sort of put that to one side, you know, as much as I was enjoying it. And, and I think but the funny this thing is... This is Stu's sense of responsibility and integrity. He's going to sacrifice what he wants to play for what he needs to play. I know, exactly. You, the listener. Uh, but the interesting thing about Dead Space is because, because, obviously, when I first played that, I obviously had no idea what was coming. And, you know, all the ones that lie on the ground pretending to be dead when they're not really dead. Yeah. I kind of know what's coming now, so I'm just shooting the shit out of them before they even get a chance to stand up. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the tension that you obviously got playing it the first time around is kind of dissipated now. Uh, But it's still kind of scary, you know. There's still been a couple of moments that have made me jump. Yeah. And it's still kind of gruesome as well, you know. I've still been quite shocked at how gruesome that game was. It was. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it, you know, and I think I will probably go back and finish it again for a second time because I've only ever played it once. Yeah. So I think it'd be kind of fun to play through it again. And I'm like I say, I'm I'm fairly enjoying it. So I've been quite shocked at how much it... And like I say, it stands up pretty well. Much much better than I thought it was going to do. All right, all right. So that's all kind of good. This episode but yeah, brought so I, to you by Origin. I know, yeah. So I did go back to South Park, Stick of Truth, uh-huh. uh, which isn't on Origin or any of those sorts of things. You oh, know, this is on Steam, the good gaming platform. It's on the Steam, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I've got to say, it keeps on throwing curveballs that I'm not expecting. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Because I was expecting to be fairly straightforward Why and fairly formulaic. Straightforward. I know, I know. But I did stupidly i thought it was going to be kind of straightforward and formulaic but the story is sort of going in directions that i'm kind of not expecting yeah which is great really and i'll be honest some of the stuff that's happened i was just never saw coming so i think they've done just a phenomenal job of of writing the story and writing the game in general you know and like i say the voice acting is just better than any game you'll ever play yeah you know, because it is just like watching an episode of South Park. That's, I expect they that's... made it in exactly the same way, so sure. Yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure that they did, but how often do you get a game where it, it is like an episode of a show or an uh, episode? But when of, the show, know, I mean, film. to be fair, when the show is as cheap and quickly made as South Park, it's not hard to reach that same point. No, but you've got to give some due because the voice acting, you know, in South Park itself and obviously on the game is is fantastic, you know, and the the way the script's delivered. It's good. I don't know that I've ever thought of the voice acting on South Park as being that remarkable. No, but it is, it is it is good compared to a lot of video game voice acting. I guess. You know, you are talking pretty, you know, there's no woodenness about any of it. Wow. And the the comedy timing again today even playing it today and I only played it for probably about an hour and a half, 2 hours. I sort of laughed out loud probably three or four times in that time. 
You know, whenever I think of South Park, I always think of the same scene. Uh, come on, Tally. The guy said you had the security system in your memory banks. Hey, it's been a long time. You just have no long-term memory because you get high all the time. Don't preach to me, fatso. I can preach to you all I want because you're stupid. You're stupid. Yeah, you're a towel. You're a towel. Just let me get high, dang it. That's like the funniest thing ever. Uh, How is good? This character ever made. I know it. I can wholeheartedly recommend it to anybody who's got any kind of interest in South Park. I mean, I haven't watched the show for a number of years, but even even I'm finding it really funny. And I I can't relate to sort of all the in-jokes, I guess, because I've not watched it for so long. But it's still funny. It's just generally funny. They know how to give their diehard fans something good, but they know how to give people who don't get all those in-jokes something good as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I genuinely just laugh all of the time. So, yeah, I'm still enjoying that, and, I, and I'm going to get back into that. Infamous Second Son, I've completed. Oh, really? Yep. So that's Achievement all finished. unlocked. Achievement unlocked. Yeah, all finished and done. Um, the ending was a bit meh. Yeah, well. Honestly. And, and, to, and, and the other thing is, I didn't realize I was at the end. Uh-huh. Which was a bit weird because I, I thought, oh, there's got to be more to do after this because I'm going to get another power here. So there's got to be more to do. You know, there's going to be something else, something bigger. Yeah. And then the cast cable for that, well, that. That's the end. Oh, huh. It's finished. That's all that about. Oh, um, I'm mean, making it extra long. And... No, I guess not. But I, but I, I was really shocked that it was the end because I'm, I'm sure I've only played it for about eight hours, ten hours tops. Yeah. And most open world games, you're talking at least 15, 20, aren't you, usually? Well, yeah. You know, even just main storyline stuff. Well, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, so how long was this? Oh, I reckon about eight hours See, tops. I think there's a degree to which people were getting fatigued with how long, like, you know, Assassin's Creed games were. And no, I don't disagree Scaling with them that. back, especially because you probably don't have that much story to fill 40 hours no, no, I don't disagree with you, but I kind of, I don't know, I kind of thought that it didn't, it just didn't feel like the end. Well, that's the thing, that's a separate thing, isn't it? Like, the way they pace it and the way they present the final yeah. fight and whatever. I mean, it was alright, the final boss fight was alright, but again, it was very formulaic, usual kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not going to go into any details, because obviously it's still relatively new, so there's lots of people. Yeah, you better not give any spoilers. But, what I can say is, it's a lot of fun to play. Well, yeah, that's true about all the infamous games. You know, it's a lot of fun to play. You can run around, do crazy stuff. You get crazy powers. And the you can use the touchpad as a button. Yeah, you can use the touchpad as a button. A very useful, a very useful a very button. Very useful button. It's a very useful, very useful button. expensive button. It's not an expensive button. It is an expensive button. How much does a touchpad cost to develop compared to just a button? It's included with the console, so who cares? I know, but... If what difference does it make? Touchpad there. They How much does it cost to make a Kinect camera? They're chucking them in with everything, aren't they? What? How much does it cost for a Kinect camera? They're chucking them in with all the Xbox. You're not going to get me to defend the Kinect camera. No, I know, but I'm just saying it just comes with the it's console. It's just as stupid as the touchpad. It comes with the console. Yeah, and if, it works. And if they didn't have a Kinect camera, you charge $10 less at least for the uh, Xbox One, and I might have one by now. I wouldn't, but I might. Look, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, on on, I can't on Assassin's Creed, 
on Assassin's Creed 4, you can use it for your map and you can zoom in and out and navigate around it. Eh, that might be useful. See? Yeah, but the button is stupid. No, the button is actually a good idea. Besides, it's an look, don't get me button. wrong. That sounds like kind of a nifty thing you can do with the map, but that's not something you couldn't do before with the thumbsticks. No, it isn't, but it, it's kind of quicker to access because you just press the big button. And the other thing is, you know what's really good about the button? <laughs> you mean the touchpad? Yeah, because, right, no, no, there is a really good thing about it, right? And the fact but is, right, it, the but... options, no, the options button and the start button are, like, are kind of tiny, aren't they? So you have to fiddle around sometimes looking down at your control to work out where it is when you're playing in the middle of a game. Well, because you don't need them very often! Yes, you do, because the bloody menus and the back button is always your menus and your, and your map and stuff like that. With this, you just press the big button. It's easy to find. You don't even have to faff, man. You know the big buttons where <laughs> you press. You're such an elderly gamer. It's big. You don't have to search it's for It's a big it. button, man. Like you got one of those phones with the enormous numbers <laughs> on it. <laughs> boop, beep, boop. I could call my granddaughter. <laughs> so, yes, Infamous Second Son, right? If you've got a PS4, you've no reason kind of not well, to. Well, yeah, that's it. definitely true. Give it a whirl. Because it looks great. It plays great. Yeah. And the story's a bit throwaway. Are the characters really. decent? Are there any little small... They're all right. I mean, Infamous 2 had was that a little... The, the problem I've got is that it just, you know, isn't a patch on some of the other great story-driven games. I mean, you cannot, you cannot, in any way, shape, or form, compare this to The Last of Us, because you just cannot. Well, of course not. It isn't, because it's, it's, it's just about the fun blowing stuff up in a fun way. I mean, I'll be honest, there, is, there was an extra sort of, once you finish the game, you can go back in and carry on playing. Yeah, there's no point. But, yeah, the, the, all the side missions were really repetitive, and I only did a couple of those, and I was like, I can't be able to do any of these. So I did very, very few of the side missions, did, well, almost none, really. See, I'm compelled. I, I don't have a choice about it. Like, I got it. Of course you do, you just don't do them. Mm, I just don't didn't have do a choice. Especially if it's like... Oh, my kid's been kidnapped. Like I'm like, dude, this is a moral imperative. Yeah, but they're not. They're all kind of the same side mission, like disable the cameras and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I took it. I, I went. I went into the smelly shop again to CEX with it. Yeah. Uh, to take it back, I paid forty-seven pounds new. Right. And I got thirty-five pounds back in cash. Not at all. For it. That's pretty bloody good, isn't it? It is. And what? I've only lost cash. twelve. Yeah, they pay cash or they do store credit, what but I thought... What uh, well, I, I put it towards my skates, because no, I didn't. Um, I haven't actually done anything with it. I've just sort of put it back into my kitty. my nipples. I've put it into my spending money pot. Uh-huh. So ready, ready for my next game for the PS4 whenever that comes out. Yeah. So anyway. So, yes, I've is been anything, playing... Sorry, uh, sorry, is there anything on the horizon for the PS4? Like, what's the next mm. one you're looking forward to? You know, I'm not really sure. Like Watch Dogs, that, is it? Yeah, what? No, Watch Dogs is coming out. Obviously, the new Metal Gear Solid game. I might give a whirl. Yeah. You know, I might give that a whirl when that comes out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not totally convinced with that. Oh no. The Evil Within. The Evil Within. I'm looking forward to, but that's not like PS4 only. It's evil Within. It's kind of like the new game from the. Um, Resident Evil creator. Ah, I see. The original Resident Evil. I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. So that looks kind of cool, but, you know. No, there's a lot, I've got to say, there is a lot of, of sort of survival horror games coming out well, in the next year. that's the thing. They're like, it's the next yeah. step. It's the next big thing. Um, I've also been playing Octodad with Millie again. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's and we need like I, a I, thing you ought to make a video of and upload it. I know. Should I have done some of those? <sighs> so you say. I know. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't we haven't quite got to the end, but I don't think we're very far from the end. Yeah. So I think we're near the end of the game. But it's been fun. You know, a lot of people complain there's a bit where you're on a ship. And it is difficult. It's not the easiest thing to navigate around. And, and you have to sort of not be spotted. But it gives you a lot of leeway. Well, it better. I mean, you, you don't have any dexterity. You really have to screw it up to sort of fail. And we did fail probably two or three times, but it wasn't like significant enough to really piss me off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was fine. Yeah. Um, so, Ogtodad, I've got to say, the fun in that game is playing with someone else. Well, I think playing on your own probably isn't that fun, but when you're playing, you're just laughing at each other, you know, the crazy stuff that's going on on screen. And when you're trying to get the leg in the right place and it's just waving backwards and forwards aimlessly on the screen, you know, trying to get it where you need it to go. That's what she said. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely recommend Doctor Dad. If you've got, especially if you've got kids, because I think kids will think it's very funny. Um, yeah, South Park, we talked about uh, Monument Valley. I've got to talk about this. What? It's it's the number one game on the iPhone or iTunes store at the moment, you know, for the App Store. Yeah, huh? And it is truly great. What kind really of game is great. it? It's a, it's a 3D puzzle game in the vein of an Escher painting. Oh, I heard you talk about... Did you talk about this? No, this is similar, but slightly different. This is a sort of... It's got a very much a look of sort of Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery type stuff or Fez. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a three, but it's, you would really like it, Duke, because you've got to manipulate the scene to put the paths in the right place, but they all look like they shouldn't meet, but they do and stuff like that. I see. So there's like switches, levers, uh, stuff you can turn around. Yeah. Uh, one of the levels, you have to turn your, your um, device upside down to complete it. So it messes a lot with gravity as well because you can walk underneath stuff, on the side of stuff, on the top of it. And, you know, it's just good, very good. And I'll be honest, Millie started it and finished it today. She started playing it yesterday morning and she actually finished it today. Yeah. And all I heard her say every time she started a new level was like, oh, my God, how cool is that? Yeah. And she must have said that phrase about four or five times. Dude. It's really, really good, Duke. I think you would really like it. But... It is sort of a fairly costly game for a, a game on the iPhone. Stuff. How much? Uh, in dollars, I would imagine it's about four dollars. Oh my god, are you having a laugh? Four. But well worth. You know what though? It's well worth every penny. There's no adverts. There's no in-game I'll, purchase. I'll never know because I ain't spending no four dollars on no iPhone app. Why? Why? Because I don't play games on my iPod Touch. I bought Look. Duet and I played that for like twenty minutes, and that's it. Look, break the habit of a lifetime and give it a whirl. It's Sorry, very, it very good. Break the habit. Have a go. No. I want to save my money and use it for stuff I will play. I guess. Um, and then the final thing I've been playing is Goat Simulator. Yeah, huh? I, bought, I picked this up on day one, uh, and, I, I, and I did kind of a cool, clever thing because, because the pounds are strong against the dollar at the moment. I bought it directly off the website in dollars. And it only cost me four pound eighty. And instead it cost how much? Four pound eighty. It cost me. Yeah, but how much instead does it normally of, cost? Uh, six ninety nine. So you saved two twenty pounds something. Yeah, it's pretty good though. It's better than smacking mouth. Chad Wooden wipes his ass with two pounds twenty. Exactly. And how long did it take uh, you to do all of that? 
Oh no, no, no longer than it would tell you. Just get a Steam code exactly the same. Yeah, I know, but didn't you have to like set up an American account? No, we just bought it on PayPal. Uh huh. And I just did a conversion of how much it was in pounds from dollars. Gotcha. So now what I do, if if you can buy it direct from the website in dollars through PayPal, I just do that all the time now. I see. Because at the moment you get a really good conversion rate. Well, all right. You're you're it's, it's you're gaming the markets. I'm gaming the markets. Take that, the markets. Uh, but Go Simulator, I have filmed this as well, but the the audio isn't great, so I'm going to have another go. No, oh, you haven't. You just keep saying you stuff. You don't actually <laughs> film anything. It. I have filmed it. Um, it's just it's it's basically. Have you ever it's played joke, Pain? On, isn't it? Have you ever played Pain on PS3? No, but I heard about it. It's kind of that with a goat. Okay. Is it, is it really exactly worth like five pounds? Yes, for a grid. I, I want to see Millie playing it because I think she'll laugh a lot playing it. Um. But there are there are some interesting things you can do with the controls. So there's there's a number of controls. Uh, there's obviously normal stuff, forward, backwards, and upside. You know, left, right, that sort Those of kind of controls. Move. That's just moving around. Let me go. Right, you can jump, uh, you can headbutt, and you can flip. We're using using the using the right mouse button. Okay. Okay. But then there's some kind of other controls. I'm trying to remember what they all do now because E does something as well. Oh, you can bar like a goat as well. So if you press the number one key, <laughs> he goes, you know, yes. and his tongue's and stuff. Oh, yeah, the, the E key, you can you can stick things with your tongue and sort of pull them towards yourself. Okay. So you can sort of flick out your tongue like a big sticky. It's like, remember flower? Well, it's like that with a goat. It is. So, but the aim of the game is just to score as many points as you can by blowing and destroying as much shit as possible. Yes. So you do get points, and you get multipliers, and you get the the funniest thing that, and I didn't, I actually stopped filming it, and, and a car hit me, and it hit me that far that I ended up in the back of this tunnel, and it, it just went miles, and I was sideways on, and the goat was just flying for miles. <laughs> Uh, but it just does crazy physics stuff, so it's all crazy physics, and you know, there's trampolines, and you get sort of awards for doing crazy stuff. It sounds like it would be fun for about an hour for me. It kind of is. Instantly get bored. But again, I, I guess it's one of those games. If you were a bit drunk, yeah, it would be very funny because it's just like crazy shit just happens. And if you like headbutt like a car, it explodes. I think I was talking to Fumu, and uh, I said because he was playing, and I was like, hey. Is it good? And he goes, yeah, it's kind of fun. Like, it was gifted to him. He's like, it's definitely not worth $10. No, and that's why I'm glad I only got it, you know, I got it for four quid. It wasn't too terrible. Yeah. Or just over four pounds. It was, it kind of makes it more palatable at that price. But it is funny, though. Yeah. You know, and it, it can, it climbs up ladders and everything, right? But the funny is when it climbs a ladder, it only uses its front legs and its head ends up sticking out at the side at some weird angle. Yeah. And his his head like stretches its neck stretches to go round stuff. It just looks well weird, like it's in some really bad way. That sounds pretty weird. It is pretty weird. But I got like, for instance, right, I blew up the the sort of petrol station or gas station. <laughs> so I blew up all the gas pumps or or petrol pumps, as we'd say, and everything, right? And then I got the Michael Bay Award nice. because obviously everything exploded in like spectacular fashion. Sweet. Um, but what was funny, right, there was a dude, so I blew up the whole petrol station, and I went back in to have a look at the carnage I'd created, and there's just some guy still stood there next to his car like he's filling it up with nothing wrong nah. with him. I'm like, what's all that about? And then, and then the app, right, some of the voice uh, sound bites that they do were so funny. It's just stuff like, 
I want my mummy. So when you like, you know, headbutt someone in a really severe way, did <laughs> you just want their mum? And I managed to set this guy on fire. So there's this guy burning, sort of floating in some weird way in a corner. Yeah. So it's just weird, and it's just sort of it kind of glitchy on purpose, I think. You know, I think it's sort of just glitchy on purpose. But it's just funny. It's just funny. And there's a there's a um, there's like a a sort of paraglider sort of floating around the place. So I think you can kind of try and hit him out of the sky. So I'm going to try and attempt to do that at some point. I see. But it's good fun, so I can I can recommend it for a grin if you kind of got it at a discounted rate, maybe. So wait for it to show up in a bundle. Yeah, wait for it to show up in a bundle is definitely the way to buy it. I mean, what's kind of funny, though, all the, the critics have taken it, you know, they've like reviewed it like a serious game. Well, how are you supposed so to do it? Well, it's not a serious game at all, is it? But they're giving it like, you know... a serious review. Well, I guess. But there's someone giving it like four out of ten. There's no mission structure and all this. I'm like, well, it's not that kind of game, really, is it? It's just a sandbox blow stuff See, up that's game. the thing is I think we're entering into a phase where... Like, how the hell are people supposed to review Rust, for instance? Yeah, I mean, again, because because would you give that a higher score? Even though there's there's no, you don't even score points in that game. At least you get points in in goats in Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying? And I'm not saying I'm not saying that goats in is better than Rust, but I mean, if you're just doing it on a purely on a review basis. Well, okay. Just watch what you say because everything you're saying about Rust right now, we could easily turn it around and talk about Proteus. Oh, I absolutely agree. That's what I mean. But I'm just saying, if you were trying to review a game in a traditional sense... Well, that's what I'm saying, is that the traditional methods yeah. of reviewing games may need some adjustment in the light of new yeah. forms of gaming that don't have the same basic structures as we are... I absolutely agree. Yeah. Because you can't review Rust in the same way as you'd review Skyrim or you'd review The Last of Us. Of course not. And the same can be said for Ghost. play The Last Ghost. of Us in order to review that, but I ain't yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I saw your cool April Fool's ah, trying to fit into the fight. You ah, had played. Gotcha. Do you know what's kind of funny though? Uh, reading your gobbledygook posts. Yeah. You know, some of it could kind of ring true. Uh, it could. <laughs> That's the thing. If you're really good at bullshitting, which I am, then uh, you can make it sound real. But you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Sure, you can. There you go. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it for me. Uh, so that's what I've been playing. What about you, Duke? Yeah. Hang on one second. Let me finish putting this grade on this paper. Good job. Proofread carefully. Oh, thanks. I'll, I'll bear that in mind Not next you. Time. I'm writing my student. I got to put... Oh, not me. What do you mean, not me? You do not want me to know. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to my student that I'm grading uh, the paper on. All right. Okay. Uh, put the score in. Okay. Now I can give you my undivided attention. Hey, I think we have a special guest. Hello. God, are you on the train? <laughs> Where the hell are you? I'm driving. <laughs> Why are you talking on the phone and driving? You're going to have a horrible accident. I've got to. Hang on. If there's any police officers listening, I have a hands-free kit on. I am driving back from London. I have 8% on my phone. So if I cut off, I, 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 that's it. That's the end of me. I've got no phone for the rest of the journey. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I am live from the M25. <laughs> oh, my God, Chinny, watch out. Ah! No, we're, we've been filming uh, the National Apprentice Challenge 2014. It ran really late. Oh, God, the, was that? Oh, my God, look out, Chinny. <laughs> 
I'm sorry I can't be there. I, this could cut off at any moment. So whatever you want to ask me, whatever you want to take the piss out of me, tell me now. Go. Suck, we hate you. Yeah, yeah, Duke hates you. Quiet, Chinny. Shut up. Um, <laughs> so, do you know yeah, why he I'm, hates? Why? Because he's got to concentrate because you're not here. I'm supposed to be writing these papers and I have to listen to Stu waffle on about his goddamn roller skates. Hey, I've got a fucking, I've got a job as well and I'm just still at it. So give me some, don't, stop busting my balls. Yeah, but you get to focus entirely on that. You don't have to try to pay attention to driving while listening I have, to Stu. I have got somebody in, I have got, like we were in convoy, there's two cars on the way back. I have got somebody with me called Ben Jesse. Ben, say hello. Hello. You're live on the show. Do not say fuck or bugger. Okay. <laughs> uh, ben, what What's have you been called? playing? Called, Let's ben? ask Ben. What, ben, what have you been playing? Um, what game? Assassin's Creed 3. Assassin's Creed 3, because you're behind. Why? What do you think of Assassin's Creed 3, Ben? It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> there you go. Take that, Ubisoft. <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome. Brilliant. Uh, yes. Fantastic. Brilliant. How are you guys? Hey, Chinny. Um, We're all right. I've, We're all right. I've, I've finished Batman Origins. Yes. Um, um, I, you know what? I ended up really liking it at the end. Oh, don't tell me that now. I nearly bought, That was in the sale. I nearly bought no, it. Honestly, for honestly I, I didn't think I'd enjoy it anymore. I was, have I got to get off this junction? No, right, I'm fine. Um, so uh, I didn't think... I'd, I, was, I was in the middle. I was a bit like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. And then... Towards the end, I really liked it. I finished the game, and I was even doing side missions because I wanted changed. to play more. Yeah, something changed. Something what changed. What changed? I don't know. It, maybe it's just because the end of the game is really strong, and the side missions are quite cool, and getting around is a lot easier than it is in City. Yeah. So, you see, now I wish I'd have bought it cheap when it was on a sale now. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I got... I have no idea how long I'm going to last here. I'm on 7% battery. If now. only there were a way Stu could buy the game now, but no. It's no, it's not on sale though now, is it? It's yeah. not on sale anymore. I don't know. I ain't going to buy know. it full price. Are you mad? Nobody going to buy it. I ain't going to buy it. All right, so you finished that. What else have you been playing? Yeah, what else? Um, hold on. No, we definitely have. We're still on the right road, Ben. We're still on the right road. No, we are going to get off there. I don't have a map that way, though. Did he? We're in convoy. And we think that maybe you should save the car. Car. Oh, battery for the uh, what is it? What I do you call it? Global what? positioning system. <laughs> GPS. Yeah. yeah. What else? Have it, what, else? What, what else have we been playing? Ben, what else have we been playing? Rust. No, not really. I haven't been playing. Sat nav. That's what you call it. Sat nav. Yeah, I've been playing work. We have to film um, the National Apprentice Challenge, where the winners get a, a prize to go to Richard Branson's house and oh, five thousand pounds. Should throw water on. Yeah. So, so, so give us a spoiler. What did, what did the winners have to do? What did they have to do? They had to, everybody had to come up with a pitch. Uh, we did this. The semi-final was in Birmingham, and everybody had to, had to come up with um, I forgot now some 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 stuff. Um, but now they had to sell stuff. You know, on the practice where they give them tat, and then they have to sell it on the high street. So they sold all this tat on the high street and tried to make as much profit as they could. The winners of that got through to London. And then we filmed them at London, and they had to make a pr- promotional video. So we had to film ourselves making a film with them. So it was like Inception, uh, but filming. Um, and then wow. we, me and Ben here, the other two in the other car, I had to film it all. Me and Ben had to edit the clips today. We were on such a tight d- deadline, but we did it. Because we're trippers. Inception. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's it. Awesome. So, 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 so now you- I'm sorry I can't. Be there, but it, we, we was like two hours behind, wasn't we? Or something, yeah. Ben. So yeah, that's we went right. really so late. 
Now that now that you've finished filming everything, you know, like in the video game, are you going to let Ben go then? Do you need him anymore? No, after Hello? this, well, Ben doesn't know, but I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill Ben and Wait. put put him in the trunk. No. Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and and then he's dead to me. I just wonder if you're going to. I just wonder if you're going to sack him off now. You don't need him anymore. <laughs> you're going to suck him off? What? No, sack him off. Sack, not suck. <laughs> you might like that. Who knows? Yeah. Has he gone? Are you still there, Chinny? Chinny? I think he's gone. Chinny! Maybe he can't talk because he's sucking Ben off. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what's happening. <laughs> well, thank you, Chinny, if you can still hear us for joining us for that quick five minutes. It yes, was that was fun. <laughs> Special oh guest appearance by Chinny. Special guest appearance. That's right. I think he's still on the line, though, isn't he? I think... Oh, no, he has gone. He has tell. gone. Yeah, he's actually gone. Yeah. So, uh, so what have you so, What have you been up to? Then? Right, back to me. Um, back to you. I played a little bit of Rust, but I must say, I think the thrill's kind of wearing off because there's... You know, I wrote the thing about end states in games. Yeah. And, like, I think that, you know, more than anything... It's not – here's the thing. Look, because Skyrim is, like, the perfect example of a game that has an end state, but it's miles away. So when you start a new game, you could do – you you know, if I play a game and I play for 50 hours, I could start a new character and play an entirely different 50 hours, and it would be every bit as fun, right? But yep. when you play Rust, you're probably going to be playing the same 10 hours when you first start. So – it's you know at least the first two hours are going to be pretty much the same, so I think that there it, it's not necessarily about having a lot of content necessarily, but there's got to be a purpose. And so when I started out the first few times, you know I'd had ideas for towers or you know like I wanted to get settled in this place or that place. And once you get settled, like okay on the PvP server I was playing with Epic Scotsman and Fumu, and they were doing this thing where they would cage other players, like they would bring them into the house and then just close all the doors and they'd be trapped in this little room. And I mean, that was funny when they did it, but you can't do that for very long. You know what I mean? Like that kind of wears off quickly. So I don't know. I- I'm I'm still interested in the game, but I think I need a content update for it to really be interesting. So Yeah. I mean, I did think about the other day, what would be kind of a cool thing to do. Would we actually do a tour of the island? and set up base camps all the way around it so that you can easily go from one place to another and then still have someone to, you know, somewhere to put your head down. Yeah. You know, like yeah. take a sleeping bag with you and then you can sort of, you know, build build sort of camps, if you will, you know, extensions of your main camp outwards from, from where we're based at. You could do that. It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the lack of PvE stuff and the fact that stuff gets wiped so quickly, I'm just losing a little bit of my excitement for that game, but whatever. I think... I think it would improve if they started adding stuff like seasons. Well, if, you know, so you had sort of, you know, weather conditions to deal with. Right, right. You know, and all that kind of, maybe even if you start adding stuff in like, you know, tsunamis or, you know, stuff that will change the landscape, earthquakes. Yeah, that could be interesting, I guess. I don't know. You know, like natural disasters. You know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, changing what's going on is going to be the key here. Like, I, you know, they're redeveloping their sort of core mechanics. And once they get that fixed then they'll be able to add all sorts of new things into the game. Because I think right now, you know, like I've said, you reach an end state and it's it's just, you, you reach that point. And, you know, I mean, look, on the PvP servers, obviously it's going to be different because people have all sorts of, you know, attacking that they're doing and trying to mess people up. And 
I just, you know, that doesn't appeal to me trying to screw with other people. So what is there left for people to do? Well, there's not a whole lot, really. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but, you know, I, I just feel like it, even though it's sort of a do-what-you-want kind of server, I think unlike DayZ, I think DayZ is kind of, because it's a much vaster place. Yeah. And there's there's sort of proper towns and there's proper, like, encampments and there's broken down vehicles and there's there's a lot of other stuff going on in Daisy that isn't going on in Rust. Yeah, but is there stuff to do in Daisy? There's stuff to explore, but you're exploring presumably just for food and stuff, right? Yeah, maybe, but I think that also there's a lot of different types of landscaping in Daisy. I guess. I just feel like, for me, the stuff is it's not necessarily about what you can see and move through. It's about what you can do. And the thing that really appealed to me about Rust is that it had other things to do besides hunt for food and get murdered. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, I think, is great about Rust. And, you know, uh, after I wrote that end state thing where I was like, I need a break from Rust, I said I lied because I went in and played for half an hour with Defoe. And, you know, from time to time I will jump in, and it is still cool. Like, there's something about the core mechanic that's very appealing. But it's also, it's an unfinished game, and they need to do more work in making the world more engaging, I think. so. I think you're right, but I also think, you know, like a fr- the friend of mine who plays Daisy extensively and does a lot of stuff in it, not, not necessarily on the newer version, but on the original mod version. Yeah. Uh, because it's, I don't think they've still got vehicles in the new one yet. But in the, in the original mod version, he had his own helicopter. Yeah. Which he could sort of use. But, you know, he had everything you needed. You know, he was well kitted out and everything. Right. But the helicopter needed fuel. Right. To keep up in the air. So he had to, every now and again, he had to land near a petrol station to get fuel, to fuel up his helicopter to take off again. And it was at those points where he said the game was the most exciting because oh, sure. there was... There was this real threat and risk of, of coming across someone while he was trying to fuel his helicopter to get back in the air again. And it was all, I, I guess it gave him, you know, you know, in like Left for Dead, when you're on that final sort of climactic scene, you know, where you're trying to defend the base or you're trying to hold out until the, the boat arrives or the plane takes off or whatever it may be. Right. And the upshot of it all is that. is that you need a team. Like, these games are not real. You know, Rust is ten times more entertaining if you have people with you. So, you know, when I have when I have Fumu and Epic Scotsman running around, like, that's a lot more fun. Especially because if I get shot, they've got my back. Or, you know, we could take on some group of people or whatever it is. But ultimately, I just don't think it's my kind of game if there's if all you can do is go around and murder people and steal their things. So no, I mean, I guess you. I mean, I guess you're right. But my friend, he's he is a totally alone wolf in Daisy. He doesn't group up with anyone. Well, you know, he's kind of happy just exploring the place on his own and avoiding people as much as possible. Yeah, you know, that's his sort of way of doing it. And if he does sort of come where there's people, he he gets into a sniper position and picks them all off before he carries on through the that area. Appeal to me, taking people out like that. So oh yeah, he totally does that. That's his kind of favorite way of playing. Yeah, more power to him. You know, he sees himself as this lone sort of wolf in this fucked up world, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's how he sees himself. So, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's horses for courses, isn't it? I guess it's what appeals to you directly. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed Rust, but, you know, it, it's not appealing to me as much as you. I don't feel like, oh, God, I've got to get back in and do some more stuff. I'm just like, eh, it's fine for, a, you know, an hour or two just for past the time, really. Yeah. 
But I, I wouldn't say I've got the bug or I'm completely addicted to it because I've never really kind of felt that way yeah, well. about it. So Speaking of bugs, uh, I went back to Skyrim because we did our oh, spoiler yeah. cast, which was a lot of fun. And thanks to everybody who's been sent. It was great. Reactions. What was kind of funny is you cut, cut out some of the swearing and not others. Yeah, I didn't realize that until I thought I was keeping track of it all. But then I went. Back. What difference does it make? Why are you cutting it out anyway? I don't know. I thought we tried to be family friendly and I just felt weird. Because that one line, I said I have to F those people up. Like, I, I just couldn't find another way to say it that would be as powerful. So, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, my new character is a rich widow who decides, you know, after her husband dies and she spends some time mourning and, you know, living as a woman in a, you know, comfortable home. She's like, you know what, I need some adventure. And so she sets sail for Skyrim on a boat and then she gets shipwrecked. And so she, I used the Live Another Life mod and got shipwrecked and I had to swim through the icy waters. And then she went running into solitude and like, ah, oh, I got no money, I got no anything. And she had to kind of build up uh, her identity from there, so... That's been fun. Um, but the yeah. big game I've been playing more than any other is Starbound. That game. Oh, you're still into that then? Yes. Um, I've discovered yeah, some mods for that too, which make the game much more inter- interesting. Uh, there's a Star Wars mod. So I'm playing as Mace Windu right now. He, he looks exactly like him. He's got the bald head. I got a purple lightsaber. Uh, you have to get a Star Wars mod for the clothing. And then there's a... Uh, lightsaber mod that's separate you get the ancient forge and you can make your own lightsabers which are very cool and then oh, God, you are you really are a pc elitist I now, aren't you? Yep. bloody mods and all that crazy it's stuff true. but you know they make especially starbound like it's a cool game and there's a lot of stuff in it but it's so much more interesting if you can do a couple things differently like play as a person from an actual space story uh, and the other mod that I found, which is really useful, is called the Craftable Ship mod. Um, because normally, you spend a lot of time in your ship, but it's a very small sh- space. So really, what I think the game maybe wants you to do, or at least for now, because again, this is early access, um, it has you in your ship, but then you need to set up like a base on a planet. And the problem with that is if you need to go to another planet because you open up another tier of star systems, okay, so you go to this other planet, but your your all your cooking supplies and all your craft tables and stuff are down on this other planet. So if you find a bunch of stuff on planet two, you got to take it all the way back to planet one. Whereas if you have a ship, you can put all that stuff on your ship, then you can just beam up and down, and it doesn't cost any fuel to transport between your ship and the planet that you're hovering over. So this craftable ship mod really makes sense because it allows you to make your ship into basically your home, and then you can you know do other things. Yeah, it does sound cool. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether the you know I quite like some of the two D games, and I quite liked FTL for a bit. Yeah. But I don't know. I've never played Terraria. I've got it. I bought it in some Steam sale donkeys ago. And never installed it, so I've never played Terraria. See, that's the thing is, I recently bought Terraria because the one, the the biggest shortcoming of Starbound is that there isn't as much content. Like there aren't the same kind of dungeons, and it just doesn't feel like there are. You know, it, it's not as developed a game in terms of like the gamey elements of it. Um, now the mining and the crafting, and you know, there are some levels of. You know, there are bosses that you summon and then you fight them and you get better stuff and all that. Um, but but it's not it doesn't feel like the worlds are as deep as what I heard about Terraria. And I actually read some 
discussions online where people were comparing the two games and what people said over and over was the world of Terraria just felt more engaging. There were reasons to go exploring these caves and whatnot. And by and large, that's, you know, there aren't a lot of reasons in Starbound to go exploring. So I got, so have you played Terraria? So I got it and I played it. And all I can say is that I'm cursed by playing it after playing Starbound because it feels inferior in every way. For instance, it's, it just looks more, um, I don't know, the pixels are smaller, so it feels like you're further away. The zoom distance is greater. So that's not a big deal, but it feels significant when I'm playing the game. Um, in Starbound, when you're mining, the pickaxe goes exactly where you're pointing it, and you know the animation is very small, whereas in Terraria, when you swing a pickaxe, like it's going in a semicircle over your head, even if you're pointing the pickaxe at the ground. And those things are minor aesthetic details. So I suppose I ought to play the sound clip for myself when uh, when I'm talking about... Stuart, stop whining about minor aesthetic details. Yeah, that was me, Clementine, but whatever. Um, but the point is that, yeah, like if I'm going to be playing one of these games, like I'd rather play Starbound. I'm just more interested in it. It feels more engaging. And again, the, the the central mechanics just feel a little tighter and more enjoyable when I'm playing on Starbound than I am Terraria. So, which is kind of understanding because it came out quite a long time after. Oh, Terraria, sure, yeah. Anyway. They looked at Terraria and said, like, okay, how can we do these things even better? Yeah. Still, in all, I, I feel like it's kind of bizarre that I would be into Starbound because it's not the type of game that I would expect myself to like. Because it's, you know, I, I'm only recently into the crafting thing, and then it's a 2D game, and I've never, you know, ever since, like, what, Contra, or, you know, Double Dragon or Robocop, the video game, like, I've not been into 2D, 2D games for a long time. But Starbound, like I say, does a lot of things very well, and it is still engaging to me. I played some multiplayer with Epic Scotsman, because he got the game. And I think, again, it would, you know, it's more interesting when you have other people to play with. Um, but there's also something about it that I really like playing by myself because I can make the house anywhere I want it and I can, you know, do all the rest of it. Uh, speaking of which, I went on to Minecraft for a little tiny bit because there's this Reddit group that I'm a part of that they had a server and they were like, come play on our server. And I was like, all right. So I went and looked around. Now I have to be approved as a member of the community before I can start building and stuff. So I thought that was interesting. So I haven't had time to really spend any time in there. And the last game I'll talk about is called Edge of Space because I've heard about this. Yeah, Evil Shredder donated this to me on Steam. That was very nice. I really appreciate it. So thank you, Evil Shredder. I really appreciate that. T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U. Thank you. And the game... It's not that great. Please don't tell him I said that, because it's so kind of him to give me the game, and I'm just not having fun with it. Again, it feels like, you know, one of the things Starbound does very well is it says, okay, look, our graphical limitation... Yeah, but to be fair, this is an early access game. It's not complete, but my problem isn't with the fact that it's incomplete. The problem that I have with it is, again, it feels like you're very far away from things. The art style is a little messy. Um, it feels like, you know, they're, again, Starbound said, okay, look, we'll make things very pixelated so that they're cute and you have... A, a lot of space between, you know, like like your pickaxe will affect three by three, and the, the blocks that you're breaking are going to be big blocks. Whereas with Edge of Space, every block you break is a tiny little thing on the screen. So it just feels like it's, there's a lot of precision where there shouldn't be precision. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm just looking. Most of the reviews are fairly positive for this. Sure. The the core elements of the game are fine. Um, I just feel like, again, I'm not going to be able to play it without comparing it to Starbound. And I feel like Starbound is more, you know, in a tactile sense. I'm just, I, I enjoy Starbound better. Yeah, and I guess that's a problem because you're sort of kind of comparing everything to Starbound now. Well, yeah, of course. And that's... Yeah. You know, that, it's the same with, like, role-playing games. When a role-playing game comes along, I look at it and I go, I'd rather just play more Skyrim. Yeah, no, I can see. I guess I can see that. So. Righty-ho, well, I guess that's what we've been playing this week, and we did get a little bit of what Ginny's been playing. Yeah. Very, very ever so slightly. A little bit. A little bit. So what's next? Ginny's not around to so, the news. We can't do news. Well, we can do, we'll do some news, but I have got a new feature that I was going to try. Are we doing that or are we doing the news? No, no, we'll do the we'll do the new feature because I think it sort of would have been more interesting with Chini here. But we can, and as it happens, we haven't got a lot of content for this to begin with. But I'm hoping people will send us more. All right, should I play the theme song? Yeah, play the theme song. There you go. Now, for anybody in America, will have no idea what the hell that theme tune is. Now, some people in the UK may do, but they'll have to be of a certain age. Yes. So, uh, uh, but he said it, it was off a show in the UK called Mister and Mrs. Okay. Now, the name name of our feature is going to be Mister, Mister, and Mister. Ah. Okay. Now, the whole point of this was how well do we really know each other yes. on the show? Now, the whole point of Mr. and Mrs. was they would ask the husband questions about the wife and the wife questions about the husband to see if they knew. We called this the, the newlywed game in the United States. Uh, is that what that's called in the United right. States? Now, I did put a thing up on Facebook to try and get us some questions to ask about each other to see if we knew the answers. Yes. Now, I don't know whether people didn't quite understand, and it was hard to sort of put it on Facebook in a way that, but does this make sense? But how well do we really know each other? You give us the questions, but will we know? The answer, for example, would Chini know Duke's favorite book or movie, Send Away? Does that kind of make sense? Not to me, it doesn't. What is? Yeah, give me an know. example of a question you'd like to hear posed on the show. So, for instance, say somebody would say to me, I would say, would the daddy know what Duke's favorite food was? Okay. And then you would say what you think my favorite food is, and then I will say what it actually is. Exactly, or whether I'm close to the, the truth or whether I get it wrong. Yes, okay. So in that example, I'd say I'd think it would be burritos. Okay, it's not. Oh, there you go, you see. So what is what is the real answer? Um, I'd say these days, it's interesting because, uh, well, okay, uh, I've always been a big fan of mac and cheese. Um, ramen is one of my favorite foods. I like pad thai. I like Indian Navaratan korma. And um, enchiladas are also a favorite food of mine. So there you go. You see, do you see how that works? Yes, I see how that works. Sending questions, that people. Works. That's the other thing. You probably when did you send this out? Uh, I sent this out a few days ago. Right. To be honest with you. So we got to just keep pushing people. People are lazy. So people take a while. There's a nurse. They're not necessarily lazy, but it's it's also getting it seen. I mean, 129 people have seen it. We've had four questions. Well, of course, because people don't necessarily have things to think about. So, what are some questions you want us to ask each other, people? Yeah, or, or try and answer about each other, but will we get it right? Yeah. That kind of makes sense. So, I mean, that carrying on with that theme, 
what do you think my favorite food is? Then? Uh, Yorkshire pudding. No. <laughs> no, my my favorite food is is kind of a good Indian. Yeah. I like a good Indian. I'm curry a, lately. I don't know what it is. My my favorite curry is a jalfrezi. That's what I tend to go for. Is that anything like tofuli? No, it has fresh green chilies in it. It's sort of tomato-based, so it's kind of healthier than most curries. I see. It's kind of healthier. But it's very spicy. It's very spicy. But I very rarely get to eat Indian because my wife just does not like Indian food. What? Boo! I know. She doesn't Racist. like any Indian food. I'm just kidding. So the only time I get to eat an Indian is either either when I'm away or when I go out with friends who like Indian and she kind of doesn't yes. like Indian. You know, so I don't get to eat it very often. But I like a lot of stuff. I'm quite I'm kind of a big foodie person because I was, you know, formerly a chef, except well I still am a chef, I guess. Yeah. So I, I eat lots of dairy. And one of my other favorite foods is uh sweetbreads. Do you know what sweetbread is? Cookie or biscuit. Yeah, unfortunately, it's nothing to do with that. A sweetbread is basically a pancreas. Oh, yum! <laughs> cook, it, cook it up. And it, it looks, it's white, and it kind of looks a bit like chicken, but it doesn't taste anything like chicken. Yeah, huh? Uh, but I like, I, like, I like a good bit of pancreas. You can't beat that. <laughs> it's, and it is quite sweet as well. Yeah. It is It is kind of sweet. So there you go. That's so, yeah. delicious. So... So getting on to the questions that we have got from the community, I mean, the first one, I don't know how we would ask this. So I think I'll change it. Pardon? Read what they wrote. Well, okay. Brandon Conway says, who has the biggest sausage? Ah, Now, now what what I would say is, rather than than do that, let's sort of turn that around a little bit. And I've got to try and guess what your favorite sausage is. Okay. And you've got to guess what my favorite sausages. sausages. Oh, there's lots of different kinds of sausages. Mm-hmm. Do you not have lots of different kinds of sausages in America? I mean, I, we probably do. I just, you know, I'm a vegetarian mostly, so I don't eat. Oh, yeah, it makes it difficult, doesn't it? Huh? Yes, so. so I reckon your, your favorite sausage is a bean and sweet corn sausage. Well, I have no idea what that even means. So Neither do I. I just made it up. Yeah. It's not a real thing, and I don't like and- it, and no. And did you know uh, sweet corn is the only thing that you, you can't digest properly, so it comes out as whole sweet corn when you poo? All right, thanks for joining us for this lovely new feature. We're now done. <laughs> Moving on. Is it news time? So, so you've got to try. No, you've got to. You've got to try and guess my sausage now. Favorite sausage? Uh, uh, I don't know. Wiener Schnitzel. No, I don't have it. But I'll tell you what. My fa- my favorite sausage is chorizo sausage. Okay. Which is like a very spicy Italian sausage. Nothing wrong with some spicy sausage. They got yes. fake spicy sausage. Yeah. So the next one, this is this is the next one. Okay, I've got to try and guess what I think you the video game character that you're most like. And this is from that was from Brandon Conway, the sausage question, okay. by the way. Thank you, Brandon Conway. Yeah, thank you. This one's from Jonathan Wilson from the Play Vault. Yes. So, do you want to start this one off? So, you've got to try and guess which, or say which, which video game character you think I'm most like. Well, I have to. Which game character do I think you think you're most like? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. Um, Gordon Freeman. Yeah, do you know that would be cool to be Gordon? Well, there you go. I win. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you're right, but. If I if I had to choose 
a video game character to be. Is that what the question said? No. Not really. But if I had to choose, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're fairly, you're, you're right. He's got a goatee. I've kind of got a goatee. So, you know, I'm kind of but a it's bit not like just him. that. It's like you, you want to be him because you think he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. There you go. He's a cool guy. But if I had to be a video game character, I'd be Shell from uh, Portal. Uh-huh. She's... Now, the reason being, right, do you know why, though? I've got, I've got a very valid reason for, for wanting to be that. Yes. What's your very valid reason? The very valid reason for wanting to be that is because, right, I would put, like, an orange portal in my house. You don't want to be Shell. You want to have a portal gun. Don't lie to me. Well, yeah, I want to have a nothing to do with Shell. But, but listen, right, then I would ship the portal gun to you, right? Yes. Then you can do the blue portal in your house, and then you could come over here and see us and come to Eurogamer. That would be awesome. There's no doubt about it. See? Job done. That's the best way to use a portal gun. But, of course, the point is that Shell is not a very interesting character because there's not much to her, really. No, I guess you're right. That's right. I like, I like the idea. Gordon Freeman is an interesting character. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot more development than Shell does, but he's more of a person than she is, I think. Yeah, and I, and I think as well with with Gordon Freeman because he's fighting for a sense of justice and he's almost kind of an everyday scientist bloke, isn't he? Yep. He's not really an army person. Yeah, he, he kind of makes him more relatable, even though he doesn't talk and he's completely mute. Yeah, uh, right. If I had to guess, which which video game character are you most like? I mean, it would be really easy to say like the lead character in Skyrim, wouldn't it? But that's not because you're just not a character. Like that's no, it's not a character. Me. So no, yes again. So, so I'm gonna go for eco. Yeah, I think I'd say you you hit the nail on the head in some ways. Because like like eco, I am curious and I like to say Oopa! a lot. And uh, yeah, he and I are cool guys. And I got horns growing out of my head. You have a, no, but I also think as well with eco because he was sort of leading a, the princess or whatever she is to safety and all that. I think that's the kind of thing you'd like to do. Eh, maybe. Like looking She'd after probably somebody. have to lead me around because I'd be scared to fight. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But uh, Chris Ho says, next of all, what what are each person's favorite game of all time and why? So I'm, I'm going to guess that you're... Yeah, see, this is tough now because, it, again, it would be very easy to say Skyrim. Of course it's Skyrim. What else is it going to be? Is it still going to be Skyrim? You see, well, I, I didn't mean, know what it... You can I, never pick just one. Like, I've got a lot of different games. I know. But I've, I was going to kind of more pick Mist. Well, yeah, there's there's Mist, there's Eco, there's Skyrim, there's Portal. Because that kind of came earlier, though, because I, I kind of think, like, you know, you you liked... Missed because it sort of because you're kind of an intelligent guy, aren't you? You know, uh, I don't know about that, but, but and, and I think is it something different? And it's certainly very aesthetically pleasing. And I think it also tested your gray matter, though, didn't well, it? Well, yeah, of course. It pushed you from an intellectual standpoint as opposed to True. just being a game. Yeah. And I and I don't know, and and I guess because it was an early game as well, I thought you know that's probably something. Well, it certainly that has a lot of, kind of love. Um, emotional resonance many years later. There are very few games that stick with me in the same way that Skyrim or uh, Mist did. <laughs> Can't even say it without talking about Skyrim. So so from your point of view, what do you think my favorite all time game is and, and why then? Deadly Premonition? No, I'm just kidding. Um God, we just talked about this recently. Shows you how closely I'm listening. Um <laughs> I would say that Half Life is probably your favorite game of all time. 
Do you know, it is it is kind of a toss-up between Half-Life 2 and... But you know what? Monkey Island is... is well, up yeah, there that's what I was going to say. Because I, I just... I don't know. Monkey Island was probably one of the first story-driven games that I ever completed. Because it is it has got kind of a cool, funny story. Yeah. And I always remember it now. But, and I think as well, because it was such a cool... Fun time, you know, playing with all my brother and his mates and all my mates. And we're all, the, you know, sat together trying to work out what the hell we had to do next and where we had to go. And, and it was one of those first games I played where you had the eureka moments. Yeah. You know, where you suddenly figured out what you had to do. And it's like, God, that's what you've got to do. You know, and that sudden moment of doing it. And the first sequence of the sword fighting, you know, where you had to fight with words, you know, it's just so unique and just funny. It was genuinely a funny game. Yeah, sure. Um, but you're right, Half-Life 2 is, is pretty much on the money as well. Those two games. And, and obviously the last of us, you know, ranks there now obviously, as well. Yeah. You know, just... So you don't really have to tell me how great that game is. <laughs> yeah. Are you, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, I'm going to be serious now. Yes. Are, are you ever going to play it? Well, presumably, I've got it in the basement. I should have played it during spring break, but I was just like... That's the thing. As I said on the Syncast, like, there's always different things in my head about what I should be doing and what other people want me to do and what I want to have done by the end of the day. I would love to be able to come on the show and say, I finished Last of Us. Let's talk about it. But on Wednesday morning when I woke up, I was like, I don't feel like playing that game right now. I feel like just not... I, you know, because... For better or worse, and I'm sure it would be better, I would have to be paying attention to characters and story and stuff like that, and I just didn't want to deal with that. I guess so, but I also find myself thinking that, you know, I I can see you've got kind of a valid excuse, but then I also feel like when I feel like how many hours you've put into Skyrim since you got that game and how many hours you've put into Rust since you got that game and how many hours you've put into Starbound since you got that game, you could have probably finished it five times over. Of course I could, but in each of those instances... I mean, and again, look, these I have reasons why on a particular day, like I don't just don't feel like playing Last of Us, whatever, but there's no real good reason to have it for six months from Gamefly and not having finished it. I recognize that. It's completely ludicrous. So I will finish it at some point. It's there's no there was no good reason why I waited six months to play Walking Dead until someone just said, "Here, here's the game for free. Play this thing." And I yeah, but you haven't even got that excuse because well, you've got the not. game. It's not like you haven't even got of it. Of course. I mean, what is? I mean, genuinely, what is the barrier? The barrier is I'm entering into that experience, and I it, 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 the more you stay away from it, the more it builds up in your mind. And the more of a big deal it becomes. And then it's like, well, I'm not ready for that big deal right now. I just want to relax and goof off for a little bit. Whereas if I, I mean, look, this is the same thing that happened to me when I took a break in the middle of Mass Effect 2. Or in 3, I think it happened as well. Like, I I just, it becomes this thing in my mind that is huge and overbearing. And I don't want to deal with that when it's time to just goof off and play a game. So I play something I know that I will A, love. B, not have any difficulty in terms of like finding the exit, as we discussed in that one building. C, not be on the edge of my seat with tension. And E, not have to keep track of a story. Now, again, I love a good story. And so I'm sure that like with Walking Dead, I will play it and go, oh, man, it's awesome. I should have played this a long time ago. And, you know, I shouldn't be scared of following a story. But for whatever reason, that is one of the barriers right now. Yeah, I guess that's, I suppose that's fair enough. And I, I'm not asking you to forgive me or understand because I know that no, silly, no. but 
that's just the way my brain's working. I'm going to be. You don't. You don't need any forgiveness. I just wondered what the barriers were. You know, what, what is stopping you from playing it? Eh, my brain being silly. That's what. Yeah, I guess you're right. You need to stop the silliness and just get on with it. Yeah, probably. But I got these papers to grade right now, so it's a moot point. So that was from Chris Ho, anyway. So thank you for that question. I don't know how many? And the the final ones you'll be looking, you'll be pleased. Now we've only got one more this week, anyway. But the final <laughs> one is from Nicholas Nicholas Charles Abbott. Is he related to Nicholas Sarkozy? I'm not entirely sure. But he said if. If they were a real person, which video game character would you date? Hmm. Me personally would be Jack from Mass Effect. <laughs> nice. So I've so I've got to try and guess. Uh, if they were a real person, who would you date from a video game? I need to try to figure this out too for myself first. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to sort of think who would it be? Who would be your date in a video? And of course, game? the upshot of this is which video game character is most like my wife. You see, I know I know who I would date. You know, I'm, I'm quite sure sure who I would. I mean, do you want to? Have you got someone in mind you think I would date? Alex. No, you see, that would be kind of too obvious. Well, yeah, it would be kind of too obvious, and, and I do like Alex as a character. You know, because she is a strong character, and she's sort of kind of cool. It's not Bayonetta, you know? is it? <laughs> do you know what? Actually, she... <laughs> That's a yes. She wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether I'd want to date her, but you know, having sex with her would probably be kind of a an interesting uh, episode. I would imagine murdering you with her hair. I think. I think she would be very, very scary. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you would you would be lucky to come out of the other side alive. But you know that that's kind of a good shout, isn't it? Really, I guess it's kind of a good shout. Um, no, I think if I had to think who you. Uh, would personally date. So I'll come back to me in a minute who I actually would date, but, it, it, you know, that would be a good shout, but Bayonetta would be terribly scary. Yeah. I think it'd be... I can't remember her name, though, now, but the um, the woman in Red Dead Redemption, you know, who's on the homestead at the beginning, have you spent some time with? Barney. Barney. Uh, I could imagine, imagine Bonnie. I mean, she's all right. She's strong and independent, but that's the way every female's written these days. It's like, she's either a damsel in distress or she's... Strong, independent, doesn't take any guff from anybody. Or, in the case of Bonnie and Red Dead Redemption, sorry, people, people spoilers. Warning, warning, warning. She ends up as both because she's strong and independent, but she still ends up. Ah, oh, help me! I gotta. You need to save me. Yeah, I guess so. But you know, yeah, I was trying to think who some who who would be a character you could relate to in real life. You know, if it was like a real person. I think the 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 doctor in Mass Effect at, in on the ship. You know, oh yeah, the older woman. She's awesome, and in a lot of ways, she actually does remind me of the Duchess because she's she got the dry sense of humor and like she's committed to you know she could stay at the Citadel or whatever and live a comfortable life, but she's like you know what I want to get out there and do things in the world. So I think she's probably at the top of the list. What, what about she's a pretty minor character? What about Femshep herself? Yeah, but again, Femshep is like an extension of me. Like there's Shepard isn't really an independent person. Shepard is whatever you make him or her to be. So yeah, I think I think if the the character that I would kind of and it sounds a bit weird this yeah, but Elizabeth out of Bioshock Infinite I think is kind of a an interesting character. Mm, she is an interesting character, and and for a, a sort of digital character she's kind of attractive in some weird way. Oh well, yeah. 
you know. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Some of the some of the cosplayers who play her are kind of sexy. Yeah, I, I feel like I mean I'm trying to think about her identity, and I'm not really coming up with a whole lot other than I was kept in this room for a long time, and uh. I don't know. It's more of a look, I guess, than her actual personality, really. Her looks interesting. There's no denying it. I mean, you know, she's pretty. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You know yeah in a, a way, a this is going to sound horrible, but um, I think in a way, the leader of the revolution in uh, Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah. I don't remember her name, but, you know, the fact that she's like a political activist and, you know, obviously she takes it too far and violent insurrectionist and all that, but but she is you know, kind of an interesting character in a way. And she, in some ways, does remind me of my wife, who's very involved in politics. And, you know, she and I met through political activism. So there's that. There you go. Uh, so that's it. That's the first edition of Mr. Mr. and Mr. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure it was wholly successful, but, you know, it was a good stab at a first attempt. It's fun. Send more questions, people. But hopefully people will kind of understand what we need yeah, now rather than... want to hear us guess about each other. Yeah. Basically, we're going to try and guess what each other. So, but it doesn't have to be gaming related. Oh, it can be kind of that. anything. It could be about shoe size. That's one of. The, that's what we'll start with next week. What's what do you think the other person's shoe size is? Yeah, there you go. And, uh, so yeah, and so so the more random, the better, I guess. Yeah. So have a think. I will post it up again on Facebook to remind people, and uh, and I'll continue to remind people throughout the show that you know go and leave some messages on Speakpipe. You could even leave your question on Speakpipe. Oh yeah, do that. You know, try it out. Leave your message. So, yeah, go and give it a whirl. Um, so let's do a little bit of news. If not, There's not a whole lot of news for this week, but we will do a little bit. Twelve more papers in this stack. There you go. Putting news first. So uh, first things first, uh, Minecraft 360, uh, that version of the game has now passed 12 million sales. Oh, my God. You know, that's that's a lot, a lot of games, isn't it, on one platform? It is. And I think that that shows the sweet spot that Xbox has always been looking for, is that family thing, but it's also appealing to hardcore gamers, too. Yeah, I mean, to be, to compare it, uh, it there's around 14.3 million uh, copies on the PC have been sold. And you'd think that would be more popular on the PC, because it's easier to control there. Well, it is, but only by a little bit. It is, but it's almost identical. There's not a lot in it, is it? It's easier to control on the PC than I did on the Xbox. And you've also got to think how long it's been out on the PC compared to the 360. Yep. It's been a whole lot longer. And and I think as well what's kind of crazy is how many copies of the 360 version sold on disc. Well, yeah. Sold loads on disc as well. We don't live in a totally virtual world yet. I know a lot of us do. I haven't bought a digital or a hard copy of a game in months. But yeah. I know that I'm different. Most people, well, a lot of people at least, still do buy games at GameStop or whatever. Now, as Chini is in here, there is a quote uh, from Mojang. So you've got to give me an accent, I guess, and I've got to try and fill in Chini's shoes while he is in here. I want you to do a uh, drunk New Zealander. <laughs> God. All right, okay, here we go. <clears throat> now, this is probably going to sound more Australian than New Zealand. So, you know, I, I do yeah, apologize. I Australia, for... that's not going to make any sense. Right, here we go. Oh, good night. It is like pretty amazing. I remember when we started taking and talking about sales numbers. 
and we will be super happy to sell like just a million. But we sell like fucking millions, man. Fucking millions. Give me a Fosters. Ah, oh, that's Australia. There you go. That's what uh, Daniel Kaplan of the Xbox sales said, really. There you go. Very nice. He did continue. He said, I want to put us on a par with Battlefield 1943 and Castle Crashes. Yeah. Which are both awesome games. So that was something to uh, aim for. We never even dreamed of selling 12 million. He added. There you go. Yeah. So Mojang announced the game had sold 13 million copies at the end of December 2013 and 40 million copies by Feb 3rd, suggesting it's still a significant rate of sales for the game released in November 2011. So that's on the PC. So there you go. That's the first bit of news. Let's move on to the next one then. Are you ready for this? Ready. Yes. Amy Hennig. You know, she got canned from... Uh, you know, Naughty Dog and all that kind of stuff. And there's been all this controversy. No one really knows what happened. Right. Uh, well, she's she's now joined Visceral Games. What did so Visceral Games make? Uh, Dead Space. Oh, all right. So she's, uh, yeah, she's joined there. And she'll be serving as creative director on the studio's upcoming Star Wars title. Yes. So that's, uh, that's what she's uh, saying. So Vice President and General Manager Steve uh, Pataputis... Uh, said said a quote. So, what what does he sound like? Then give me another accent then to do. Uh, like California surfer dude. Oh God! Right. Okay. <clears throat> now this is going to be terrible because I'm not like your Sterling out. New Zealand accent. I thought that was pretty good to be honest. Right. But there, I'm I'm truly terrible at American accents. So here we go. And uh, no, just a minute, just a minute. God, I can't even think of how to do one now. Okay, here we go. I'll I'll just have a go. I'm going to do sound Australian again. That's the trouble now that I've got that accent in my head. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I can't do it. I can't think of how to do it. Give me something English. Give me something English. I'm better at English. Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Here we go. There are a lot of different directions we could have gone, but I could sense the, that they was really excited about this opportunity with Star Wars wrote Visceral Games Vice President and General Manager Steve Patbutis. I've always admired her approach to creative development, focusing on nailing down solo game first and then making sure that writing and gameplay were fucking good too. The design and art comes together from a unified interactive experience for player. Uh, Patbutis explained, this fits in perfectly with what we're trying to do here at Visceral, and Amy's going to get us continuing in our pursuit of making a fucking amazing immersive game in the world. I don't think there's that much cursing in the original, but it's okay. <laughs> it was definitely written like that, honestly. Uh, so Hennig left Naughty Dog a month ago under mysterious circumstances. The initial report on the matter suggested she was forced out. Yeah. Uh, something studio co-presidents Evan Wells and Christopher Balastra denied. They went, no, she was not a first daughter. She went of her undercut. There you go. There you go. There you go. So next story. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, this one's kind of interesting. So you know the game Soma, uh, which is a new game from the guys who made Amnesia, fictional games. I did not know that, but you know where Soma comes from. Yeah. Where does it come from? Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. There you go. What was that set? Um, 
It's set in a future society called the World State. Oh, interesting. Yes. Well, anyway, the interesting thing about they revealed where the game's actually set. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, everybody assumed it was going to be in space because it looked like space. It looked like a spaceship and it looked like all kind of stuff. Well, it isn't. It's set at the bottom of the sea, a la Bioshock. Under the sea. Under, Under the, sea. the sea. So what accent does this guy have then? Here we He's go. He's underwater. <laughs> is, that a, is that the best you can come up with for Yeah, me? what do you want? I'm not an uh, accent-generating jukebox. I don't know. Just name me a country or a place or, an, uh, you know, anywhere. Tanzania. Tanzania. Oh, my God. Tell me to name a country. I named a country. All right, something that that sort of you know, something to think about. European, fine. Um, Portugal, Portugal. I guess they sound kind of Spanish, don't they? I suppose <laughs> more Portuguese than Spanish. I don't yeah. know. Okay, this is going to sound probably more Italian, but uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, and that's all right. Uh, our next game will be that's French, isn't it? Just a minute. Just a minute. <laughs> that's rubbish. <laughs> here we go. Just a minute. Um, uh, that, 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 that's more Italian, isn't it? Uh, just oh, well, we'll just go with that. Italian will be fine. going to get done with this unless... Yeah, yeah Italian, Italian's fine. Uh, that's all right. Our next game will be set at the bottom of the deeper blue sea. <laughs> Not Italian. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> it was. It was. co-founder Thomas Grip told on PlayStation Blog, it was a decision uh, we came to swiftly, he explained. Uh, Jens, our co-founder of Frictional Games, and I sort of decided on a whim uh, during a meetup. But it's something that we had been brewing uh, for alongside in the time of us. Most of our earth is uh, covered in an ocean, and yet it is something we know very little about. It is an incredibly hostile environment uh, filled with uh, big fish with uh, pointy teeth and uh, little strange creatures with light bulbs on their head. It is a right or on our doorstep. I did, I did add a little bit into sound. I think that, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grip continued, uh, most of the ocean is a devoid of the sunlight, uh, so it is very dark down there and you need a touch. The differences in the pressure can uh, crush you so your lungs burst uh, like uh, balloons and you end up uh, drowning in your own blood. This is Borat if you were in Austria, <laughs> if you lived in Italy. Shut Wow, wow, is very nice. Uh, between uh, the surface and uh, the modest uh, depth of a hundred meters is enough to turn a human into mush. Uh, that uh, pressure, that uh, depth is nothing uh, compared to the true ocean deeps. And as it isn't enough, the creatures living there seem like uh, they are from another world. Gigantic squid with bigger tentacles and luminescent fish and creatures are all mouths and teeth and only a start. If you dive uh, down any distance, you will end up in a realm of uh, monsters. The ocean is an alien world, and we've only scratched the surface. That's true. We feel it is a perfect place to explore in a horror game. Yes. There you go, and that's kind of it, really. There you go. Pretty cool. Was that okay? Was that was that good? That's fine. Here's the thing about that, since we're supposed to be actually discussing the news stories and not. Oh yeah, sorry. I was just doing the accents because that's kind of funny. Um. Yes, it was funny. Um. But here's the thing. Look. Any kind of horror that you experience is going to be presumably within some kind of structure, and that's the challenge. If you put, you could put it anywhere. You could put it on, on a mountain in Nepal, and it would still be the same game because you're not going to be interacting with like sharks and stuff down there, are you? No, you're going to be interacting. Uh, well, you kind of possibly are because what's kind of interesting the the trailer was kind of cool how they did it because they did it very much like Fallout Three. Okay. 
So basically, the trailer starts with just a bleeping light on a console. Right. And then as the sort of camera starts to zoom out from the console, you realize it's all underwater. Right. And the sort of stuff sparking and things flashing and, you know, and it's sort of flooded so it's in the whole ace. area. Yeah. So I th- yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like an underwater space station by the look of it. Right. But are the fish coming into the station? There's, there's a lot of sort of scenes of fish swimming in the space station or the, um, the sort of not space station, Maybe. but the sea station, I guess. Right, right. Uh, I think there'll be sections of the game where you have to swim through areas maybe where you are being chased by underwater sea creatures and stuff. I mean, that's what they're kind of hinting at, aren't they? Uh, I mean, the biggest drawback then is the fact that you move very slowly when you're underwater. Yeah, but I'm guessing they'll use that as a sort of way to generate fear in the player. Uh. Because you are moving slowly, you know. Sounds exhausting to, get you. to me. Oh, it will be. I'm, oh, I'm absolutely sure it'll be exhausting because it'll be just well, I want to play that. scary. Of course you do. That's what's going to be cool about it. What are you talking about? Go for it. More power to you. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. Uh, final story for tonight. Uh, so this is the final story for tonight. Uh, yes, Peter Moore uh, made... Did, did you hear about his April Fool's prank? I did not. Yeah, kind of backfired a little bit for him. Oh. Uh, yeah, so basically, EA Moore apologizes for Frostbite prank. So April Fool's Day tweet caused headaches for COO. Uh, April Fool's Day is traditionally one of a joke of press releases and made-up announcements in the games industry. But yesterday, EA COO Peter Moore publicly apologized for a prank tweet from the official Frostbite game, en- game engine account, which read this. He said, uh, Frostbite engine... Frostbite now runs on the at Wii U. Since it is the most powerful Gen 4 platform, our renderer is now optimized for Mario and Zelda. Nah. So, so that's what he tweeted. So it kind of backfired because I'm guessing maybe Nintendo weren't too happy. I guess not. But I think it's kind of funny, personally. It is funny, <laughs> but the COO can't be the one doing that stuff. That's, leave that to other people. Well, he kind of didn't because it was a frostbite engine, so I don't think it necessarily came from him. Yeah, well. But I'm guessing someone might have got sacked for doing it. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't uh, approved. You know, it depends whether it was approved I or mean, not, but I'm guessing that it wasn't. Yeah, but that's the thing is that, like, if you if you want to have – you don't, you can say, like, oh, we didn't approve it even though you did because who's going to take this guy's word for it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, have you got an accent for Peter Moore? And I'll quickly do what he said on on Twitter. Go on, give me one more, and then we'll uh, finish Scottish. off. Scottish, Scottish. Okay, oh, new. No. Our apologies to partners at Nintendo America. I'm fan of Frostbite Engines. Poor attempt at an April Fool's not condoned by EA. That's unacceptable and it's stupid. There you go. That's there what you he. Go. Uh, that's who'd have known Peter Moore spoke just like that. So there you go. That's that's kind of the news for this week. There it is, people. There's the news. Yep. All the news. There's Fit the to news. Be news. There's the news. Yeah. Uh, so which brings us round to emails. Here we go. Uh, emails. <laughs> Okay, first email is from David Tritney, and he says this, enjoy games for what they are. He says, hi, guys. Hi. 
Uh, do you think we are losing sight of why we play games? No. Reviews no. these days are all obsessed with frame rates, whether it's in full 1080p or not. Is fun not even a factor anymore? The latest example I have is Infamous Second Son. I have enjoyed the previous Infamous games and was looking forward to the latest next-gen version. I have since played around 35% of the game and have enjoyed it immensely. It looks great, it sounds great, but more importantly, it is great fun to play. I have read various reviews and the one that annoyed me the most was the Edge review. As I said before, they mentioned poor frame rate, in parts, poor character development... And they didn't think the story was all that great. Not once there was any mention of how it felt to play the game and whether or not it was enjoyable. I feel we are forgetting the reason why we play games. Escapism, fun and the community that brings with it. What do you think? Great show and keep up the good work. Thanks, dude. Here's what I think. I think that I'm exactly with you. I agree 100%. I think that it's a disgrace the way in which gamers take everything so goddamn seriously that they think that they're creating some important cultural framework for you know how we analyze the you know imaginative output of this new industry and at the end of the day it's a bunch of games and yes fun ought to be more of an element but here's the thing every developer is under extremely difficult economic pressure to introduce something new and to to sell a lot of games and how do you make your game stand out in the marketplace you give it new features, you make sure it looks amazing, and so you have to keep pushing that and pushing that, and never mind if it's still fun to play, but on the other side, you have reviewers, as you say, who ignore the question of fun because they need their reviews to stand out, and how are you going to have your reviews stand out? You're going to talk about all the piddling little details that no one really cares that much about, but that you get known for having such attention to detail. Maybe you can get those gamers who are obsessed with that stuff and you know become known as like the source that goes after that stuff and it's just it's annoying because it's a bunch of business people bumping heads all the time and meanwhile those of us who want to have fun yeah exactly we get sent to the sidelines yeah i kind of agree with you i mean i mean i've commented on the story of of infamous second son because it isn't that great and it's not that deep and it's not going to win any oscars for storytelling yeah. but i have also mentioned how much fun the game is to play yeah you know, and how much fun it is to blow shit up because it just is. I mean, it's a great laugh just running around that city, blowing people up, you know, and blowing cars up and just creating carnage everywhere you go and just experimenting with the stupid powers that you get just to see what else you can do. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like I said, you know, I think because the character in it is not as serious as the previous Infamous games, it almost gives you that license to do all that crazy stuff that you can do. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's what I'd say, but I'd, I would still point out that if someone's playing this game for the story, you've come to the wrong game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think people need to know that because I don't think people should come into a game expecting this amazing story when there isn't one to be had. Well, I agree. And I think also if there are major technical issues, then maybe people do need to know about those yeah, as well. No, I'll be honest. Like major technical issues they were bringing. No, and to be honest, I was just going to say, I, I, I think there were a couple of frame rate, frame rate occurrences in the game, but few and far, not that I could actually remember or of any significance. Yeah. And I think the, I think the problem is with, with publications that actually make money from doing reviews. Mm-hmm. The kind of that concern, I mean, to be fair, they, they put a lot of effort into just the, the, the sort of roundup paragraph at the end. Yeah. Because that's the thing that most people read. You know, a lot of people don't read full reviews. Going to get the clicks. Yeah, they tend yeah, they tend to read the the closing paragraph and the, and the score. 
You know, that's all people are looking at. And, you know, these guys kind of have to justify their existence. I mean, I guess what you get from us as a podcast is we tell you how it feels to play the game as opposed to... so much better than all these other places. Yeah. The real... Yeah, rather than just all the technical jargon. Keeping it real! And we do talk about some of that stuff because I think it's worthwhile knowing if there is an issue with the game, especially really serious technical issues. Yeah. But other than that, you know, we just talk about how much fun it is to play the game. You know, you, you know, Deadly Premonition, you know, I was talking about how much fun that was way before most. I mean, interestingly, when the second round of reviews came out for that game, they were way more positive than the original ones. And that, I think, is more telling than anything. Yeah. Because if you look at the original reviews for, for Deadly Premonition, apart from Destructoid, nearly everyone was giving it ones and twos out of ten. Yeah. And then suddenly it became this cult classic. And when it was re-released as an updated version, suddenly oh, it was like... Ooh. Everybody was getting on the bandwagon and going, oh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think what's cool about us is you still would say it's shit. Chini yes, says it's shit. No, I've never played it. I'll still say that. Yeah. I would still stand by the fact that I love the game, you know, and I think that's what makes us what we are, really. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. There bringing you, go. you the real people. Everybody else uh, the next bringing one's... you hype. <laughs> Don't the next die. One's... The next one's from Antonio Phillips, uh, GH Rock RRR. So thank you for that. It's a long time since we've had an email from him, but it's cool of you to get in touch and give us some stuff. And he says, soundtracks. He says, plain and simple, what are your fave game soundtracks? Well, I mean, we did have quite a number of sort of special Yeah, we already covered this. Moving on, next. No, 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 no. No, no, but we should just recap for people who might not have heard those or listened to them because it was a while ago. So, Duke, favorite game soundtracks. And this is more than just theme tunes, though. This is kind of soundtracks all together. Of course. Well, as I've said, uh, the Mist soundtrack, I loved it so much when I played the game that I set up a little tape recorder and I recorded some of the music onto that so I could listen to it when I was in the car or whatever. And Red Dead Redemption, of course, has the Dead Man's Gun song, which is probably the best song that's ever been in a video game, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that is cool. Uh, I mean, if I... And, and I was Portal say... 2 is the other one. Like, the music in Portal 2 is really awesome, especially because certain moments when the action shifts or whatever, like, the music just fits perfectly. Yeah, it does. I mean, I was going to say Portal 2, but the, the other two games that always spring to mind for me are Dead Space. Yeah. And not necessarily just the music, but just the the general ambience of the sound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even today I was playing it, right? I didn't have my headset. I, I should have been playing it with headphones. But even just with the standard speakers, there was like weird whispers and sort of almost words, but you couldn't quite make out what they were saying. Yeah. And and constantly just like sort of something falling over in the distance as you're moving towards it. You know, just stuff that creeps you out. And I think... Dead Space just did such a brilliant job of the whole soundtrack in general, not just the music, but just everything else that went along with it. Yeah. Uh, and I think they carried that on into the second game, not as much in the third, but again, they're so polished, so well made. Yeah. Um, and then the the other one that always is is sort of Mass Effect series. Yeah. Because I think they did a brilliant job of, not, again, not only the sound, but sort of not only the music, but all the sounds, the sounds of the weapons. Mm-hmm. And and everything else that went into making that game what it was. And I think, for me, the sound in that game was as important as the dialogue and everything else that was going on. Yeah. It you know, so those, I, those are my two favorites. Sure. Uh, and the final one, I've got one more, which is Alan Wake. Yeah. I think, I think the choice of music they had at each end of each episode of that game were just superb. And that, is, as a soundtrack, is a great soundtrack just to listen to. 
That may be. I wasn't as big a fan of that game as you, but, you know, I'll give it up for what it did. Yeah, I mean, he says, anyway, me, got to love a bit of GTA's music choice, but I guess that is an original soundtrack. Uh, And I guess Alan Wake is under that banner as well, because it isn't, none of those are original songs or anything. Uh, I used to love the older Battlefield ones and even the Call of Duty Zombies songs. In case you didn't know, for each map... Uh, that was released, a song was hidden to find. In Call of Duty World at War and Black Ops, they were originally written and performed, but in Black Ops 2, it was already made tracks. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that, so that was cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, but number one has got to be, take a guess. Jig, so our hero. No, he's Naruto. Oh, of course, yeah, I guess, whatever. The soundtrack from Storm 2 is my fave game soundtrack to date with 64 tracks, none of which I don't like. Uh, But this leads me on to a second question. Do you listen to soundtracks in your spare time? I mean, I have bought a few, but it's not something I really can say I always listen to. I do. Uh, The number one time when I listen to soundtracks is before school when I'm getting the boards ready or whatever or doing some work before the classes start. And I love it when I'm playing a soundtrack and people, like, pop their head in. They go, hey, is this the Skyrim soundtrack? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. So uh, I find that fun. Uh, That's cool. Yep. So uh, I do for both games and anime. For example, today I had a shit day at school and I came home, lid down and played the track from the Naruto Storm 2 soundtrack. I was in pure relaxation. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Hopefully I'll catch up with you all soon. G.H. Rocket. Well, he's got his tickets for Eurogamer, so I'm guessing we'll see him there this year. So Ooh, yeah. Cool. Ooh, yeah. Uh, next one's off our, our friend and the emailer of the show is, of course, Jason. And he says this, Loose Horse is in Stu's room. Also, Goat Simulators try, truly shorten my emails. There's a horse in the hospital. He says this, You get the floor, but as soon as the teeth are brushed and two breath mints inserted, one low and one high, it's all right. We can share the bed. The diva's not around. Uh, things will get better, Chinny. You know what they say in Frozen? Let it go. Let it go. That's the way you feel, diva, like the flaws it. Why can't I get a little recognition? I offer up Broforce as something a lot uh, more relevant than Titanfall, and it just gets shrugged off. Yeah. Only to hear um, you guys rave about it a few weeks later. Did you notice how you kept calling the alien, alien Isolation a demo? It might be good. We'll have to wait and see. Broforce, they shout. Game of the year. Do you know what? It could be so good. I'll tell you what. When that comes out, we will have a lot of laughs playing that. Well, you might be close to right this time, guys. Just don't forget about the Walking Dead market and Ninja collaboration due out this year. But Alien will be good, no doubt, this time. Uh, Towerfall came out the same day as Titanfall, and it has a higher Metacritic score, and it's basically the same game I bought on Xbox Indies a few years ago for a dollar. Just saying. It's good, Towerfall, but it's a bit weird that it's, uh, that it's actually um, sort of local player only. Yeah, it is. Uh, Tex Murphy Harvester, here comes the FMV on Steam again. Shout out to Chappie. If you truly can't get the Viagra down under, try. Sorry, if you truly can't get the Viagra down under. Oh, if you truly can't get the Viagra down under. That means Australia, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, try and get yourself some horny goat weed or just stick to the rupee. Australia, 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 we love you, yeah, I've got to say, a, a comma would have been useful. Uh, yeah, it would. Punctuation uh, saves lives. It does. Uh, most of all, I want to shout out Mrs. Fowler. I have not laughed that hard all week. See if you can top it every year. Next April 1st on a fake just won't do. 
Yeah, they, you know, while she were talking about that again today, the fake poo in the women's toilets. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, have you guys seen this Dr. Paul shoves his arm right up a horse's ass just about every episode? What? I just can't watch it anymore. Well, I, I don't think I could have watched it to begin with, to be honest. Dear, oh dear. Well, headed out to the local horse pub to celebrate my new career move with Mr. Ed, just like you freaks would. I like you guys. I'll soon be steering on the right side of the Jeep. Good night, all. Much love, Lord Jason. Nice. Well, uh, thank you very much for that. Yeah. I think. And the final email tonight is from Sean Anderson, and he says, Those aren't pillows. He says, Stu, love the hotel story. Speaking of planes, trains, and automobiles, I live a couple of blocks from the El Rancho Motel where they filmed the famous pillow scene. They changed the name on the sign a couple of years back, but that weird starburst and arrow shape is still the same. I can take a picture to prove it if you want. No, no, we believe you. You don't have to go and prove it. Oh. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Ah! Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, the motel is actually for sale right now if you're interested. <laughs> no, I think I'll give it a pass, but, you know, it is cool. Uh, I haven't seen that film since I was 13. I have it on my Netflix list right now. Maybe I should watch it. Maybe you should. You know, I was I was going to watch uh, with Millie uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off this week. Oh, what a classic movie. What about yeah. Club? Is she ready for Breakfast Club yet? No, she's probably not quite old enough for that, is she? Oh, so good. Probably she's not. Old. I mean, not because there's inappropriate things, but because there's a sophistication required to really yeah. get that movie. Yeah, I think she'll be fine with Ferris Bueller's, though. She'll be fine yep. with that. Oh, wait. We also put something game-related here. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. I'm thinking about buying StarCraft 2. Uh, uh, we know nothing about that stuff, do we? What else Starcraft did you want to discuss? And, uh, I mean, and that's kind of it for emails this week. So uh, thank you very much, as always, for everybody. T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U. Thank you. Thank you. So there you go. I think that's kind of it, really, isn't it? We just need to do some kind of shout-outs and get the hell out it's of... It's time for a shout-out! Yeah. Hey! So there you go. Over to your first juke. I will shout-out Evil Shredder for gifting me Edge of Space. I'll play it some more. Um, I don't want to be totally down on it, especially since you were so nice to get it for me. Um, if anybody else ever wants to buy me a game, first of all, don't, because, I mean, I appreciate it. It's very, very nice of you, but I've got so many games already. There's really no reason for people to buy me stuff. But if you do want to buy me stuff, I'll probably be very happy to get stuff on my uh, wish list on Steam. That's probably your best bet, but whatever. I mean, I really appreciate it. I'm glad I played Edge of Space because um, it is good to give these things a try. Um, I will shout out Big Bad Daddy for doing the Skyrim in Focus podcast. Thanks to him, and thanks to everybody who sent us such kind feedback. Uh, Stu, you were very nice about what you said. Roberto UK73, is that GH Rocker, or is that a different Roberto? No, that's someone else. Um, I'm Rass89, Bongo the Sane, Psycho, Womble, Greasy Fish Lips, and other folks were being nice on Twitter about it. Epic Scotsman got Starbound, so thank you for the games of that. And special thanks to Bongo the Sane for the awesome video he made at Res. And thanks to everyone in the video, especially the disabled parking sign. I can't wait to meet that guy someday. He seems like a really cool guy. And that's my shoutouts! Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say his son Josh did roll his eyes on more than one occasion during that day. Oh, yeah, huh? 
Yeah. Because his dad's yeah. a nerd. Yeah, I think it was a bit of his dad's a nerd, and also, why is my dad pretending that a sign can talk? <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. I love that. It was awesome. It was very, very funny. I mean, everything he did that day was very, very funny. I, I, we, you know, we genuinely did not see him film half of those people. He I wanted to know why y'all weren't in it, but whatever. No, I know. That was weird. He never filmed me. I did think about that afterwards. and thought, yeah, I never asked. He didn't want me in, obviously, did he? We wanted yeah, just random you weird stuff. You got to be like, hey, film me, film me. Film I know, yeah, maybe film I should have. Film me, film me. That's- but yes, I'd like to. I'd like to first of all again thank everyone who came to Res and said hello at Res. Yes. Um, I'd also uh, like to thank Duke uh, for the Skyrim podcast because I kind of enjoyed that. It's kind of interesting listening to one that you're not on. It was fun. Yeah, and I think Richard was excellent. So oh. you were you were a good per it talking was good what because, you for instance, he knew a lot about the lore of Skyrim and uh, or the lore of the Elder Scrolls, and I have played Skyrim. So. <laughs> and I think it was it was kind of cool that he had a reference point to Morrowind as well, so yeah. he could take it back a little That's bit important. further. He didn't have much for Skyrim because he ain't played that shit. I'm just, but I did think he was talking about a, a quest in Skyrim that I thought was one on the Shivering Isles, but I could be wrong. Well, it's possible he's getting that mixed up there. Because there was there was one quest he was talking about where there was a, there was ghosts replaying stuff over and over again. Yeah, but they do that in Skyrim too. Oh, they they. Well, there is a quest very much like that in the Shivering Isles. Yeah, they probably tried it out in Shivering Isles. Say, hey, this works. Let's do this. In- yeah, you get kind of trapped in a castle, and then you have to work out how they got killed. Yeah, yeah. By following the ghosts around to see what they're doing. Yep. So it sounds very much almost identical. Yep. So yeah, so very good. I was I enjoyed it, and I nearly didn't nearly make me play it for a bit again. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should play that again. Well, there you go. You should. And then I didn't. Um, okay, uh, we've also got two new iTunes reviews. So let's read those out. Ooh, really? iTunes? Uh, oh my god. We have. Yo, we have. yo, 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 yo. Yo, yo, you want them iTunes reviews? Now I've got to say, people have been a bit rubbish because we haven't had one since the 21st of December. Never mind the negative, let's focus on the positive. No, 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 I'm going to say... Yay! Positive! So... Look, you too will get read out on the show, so go and leave us one, that'll be good. I'll check, right, I'll tell you where I check regularly. I check America... I check UK, I check Australia, I check Canada, and I occasionally check some of the European countries, but we, but we never tend to have any of them. So if you live in any of those countries and you're listening to the show, go and leave us a review, because I do check all four main places. Speaking of music before the school day begins. Oh, no, 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 I'll, I'll come to that. If you're talking about the music, I've got an email no. to go with that, no. so I was saving it. No. Oh, something oh, else. Just give me a second. Okay. I uh, <laughs> I was playing the uh, the remix of this guy. I want Britain to be about British. And a student was like, what the heck is this? And I went, oh, Britain, it's the EDL. And he's like, what? So I had to play him the original thing so he would know what we're listening to when we listen to the Muslimic Ray Guns remix thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what did he think, though? What did he think? Because that is like a genuine person in the UK. Oh, sure. He said... Uh, oh, well, I guess the United States doesn't have a, a monopoly on idiots. And I was like, yes. Oh, no, that is true. Yeah. That is true. So anyway, here are the two new reviews we've got. So we've got two, which is cool. Uh, the first one's by Paul Goodrum, and he says, top quality podcast, five stars. He says this, uh, a very informative gamer podcast. I feel the host, Stu Duke and Chinny, make the show what it is. 
Uh, anyone can review a game, but these guys tell it as it is. Well, we just said that before, didn't we? It's kind of yes. Uh, full of features, story time, and my wife. I would recommend this podcast. I would also recommend the back catalogue. Keep it up, boys. Cheers, Paul Goodrum at My Goodrum. Time. It's story time. Pippi. There you go. That's Thank him. you. And the second review is from I Bad Horse I. Right. And he said, Well, I like it. And he's giving it five stars. He said, You should listen to this podcast because it's good. They even talk about games every now and again. <laughs> Which is true. You know, we can't argue, can we? Yeah. It's difficult to argue. So, again, a final thank it? you to everybody. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Oh, well, we've got two. Very nice. See, now you're being negative. No, I'm just saying I'm surprised that it was that short. That's all right. It's okay. Yeah, short and sweet. Thanks, it dude. Is. It is. Yeah. Um. So that's that's sort of kind of it, really. But, again, save for a final shout-out to everyone. And, and I guess a shout-out to Chinny for actually making it to the show in some form or another. Be quiet, Chinny. Even if it was only for five minutes on the M25. Yep. We appreciate that, Chenny. Next we do, time, so he'll actually be here for recording the show. It's been so, a long time since all three of us were together for a whole show. I know. It is weird. It's isn't been it? like a month. So to round us out, uh, we have got a final email. So I'll read that out, and that'll lead us uh, into the uh, end. Final email! So this is from Peter Martin, and it says, Submission by Migrant Worker. He says, hi there. Hi there. Hi. Uh, we'd like to put ourselves forward for consideration for a play on your podcast. Uh, to get an idea of what we sound like, you can listen to a track from our new album, The Super Now, uh, here. Uh, you can view two of our videos on YouTube here and here, which is Ghost in a Tennis Court and Watercolor Wrecking Ball. Uh, for more information on the band, we also have a website, which I've been to have a quick look at. And finally, if you feel so inclined, you can download a copy of our album. So we got an album to download to try out and see what we thought. Yeah. And that's from Pete and Gary at Migrant Work, which is the name of the band. And they're a sort of newish band. And uh, they put the first album out in November last year. And I guess they're just trying to get a bit of promotion, you know. And I'm, I'm quite, I mean, I, I did point out to him, we're not a music podcast. Oh. Uh, but he is a gamer. He, he has got uh, an Aperture Science T-shirt on on his uh, page. Oh yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. And uh, if you do want to go and have a look, it's uh, migrantworker.bandcamp.com. Yes. So that's that's where you can find these guys. And the the single we're going to play out the show with. So we are going to play out the show with one of the singles is the Dead Bus single. I I I can't do it. Yes, you can do it because I'm going to. I don't. I don't know what that means. Play us out. There's no words on the screen. What? What are you talking about? Go, go. What? (laughs) That's that phrase is what Bill O'Reilly says when he's going off. Uh, I wonder what I thought you were being serious. Then (laughs) see that means nothing to me. I don't know what that means. Play us out. It's like. The, the most old person rant ever. Like, I don't know what that means. Play us out. Yeah. Now, you see, if I was an American and I'd seen loads of American comedy, I might know what that means. <laughs> well, no, it's just the Bill O'Reilly thing. That's all. That still means nothing to me. What? Play it live. Oh, that means something yeah. to me. But that's different, isn't it? I don't know. So, yeah, so we're going to play, play out. It's called The Dead Bus. Like I say, if you, if you like it, uh, go over and look at migrantworker.bandcamp.com and the album's five quid. And they've actually got a, uh, an older album that you can just name your own price for. 
Ooh, name your price. So you can buy some of their older stuff. What if my whatever price is six million dollars? Well, I think they'd be very, very happy. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. So basically, the the earlier albums are just it's five pounds for the new album. They're older ones. If you like what you hear, you can kind of get them for a, whatever price you think they're worth. Yes. And that's it. So uh, see you all next week, I guess. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Yeah, I can't read it. There's no no words on it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Anyway, here's Dead Bus.
There you go. There you go. So what do you reckon, Duke? I know it's not your kind of thing, but what do you think? Eh, not my kind of thing, but, you know, it's got power. It's got, you know, emotion. Good on them. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not something we normally do, but, uh, you know, I, I guess if you send us some random email and say, play I wouldn't have played it if I thought it was a bit pants, but actually well, I thought it was go. pretty good. I kind of like that. Occasionally, now and again, I like that kind of music. To play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. <laughs> there you go. They played us out. So that's that is migrant worker. And yep. not to me, except there is there is an American band called Migrant Worker. Yep, these guys are in, these are in Manchester, but the American one, they're a bit more. Um, they suck. They're shit. Country. They're kind except of country. no substitutes. Yeah, the, the migrant worker you thing. want is the ones from Manchester. So there you go. So thank you guys for the for the album and sort of uh, yeah, just uh, asking us to play. It. Thanks for being in touch. Yeah. We like everybody to just email in podcast at veterangamers.co.uk. That's right, podcast at veterangamers.co.uk, and don't forget to leave us iTunes reviews, and also you know send us some stuff on the speak pipe. I'll just remind people again. Speak pipe, speak pipe. There might be loads actually. When I finish recording, I might go and find there's tons in my inbox. Probably not, but there might be. In a recent survey. Yeah. Nine out of ten zombies preferred the Veteran Gamers podcast. There you go. And on that note, we'll get the hell out of here. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Thank yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Yeah.